Next up, we have Starry Night, the painting by the renowned Dutch post-impressionist Vincent van Gogh, the painting depicting the view outside of the sanitarium room window at night, was painted from memory during the day, and since 1941 it has been in the permanent collection of the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, widely hailed as his, as his magnum opus, the painting has been reproduced many times, and is one of his most renowned paintings. Can I open the auction at... Fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand. Fifty there. Do I have fifty? Sixty. Sixty-one thousand there. Sixty. Seventy. Seventy-five thousand. Seventy-five thousand there. Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Two hundred. Two hundred ten. Ten thousand. Two hundred ten. Two thousand. Two hundred twenty. Three hundred thousand. Three fifty. Three fifty. Three fifty. Going. Going. Gone. Next on the auction block we have a pristine sealed copy of Code of Bushido, Advanced Squad Leader Game. Open the bidding at one dollar. One dollar there, sir. One dollar. and hundred dollars. Two hundred. Three. Three hundred. A thousand. Thousand dollars. Do I hear more? Two thousand. Five hundred and fifty thousand. One million back there to the gentleman in the back. One million. One million. Two hundred fifty thousand. Do I hear more? More? One million two hundred fifty thousand sold to the gentleman in the hat. episode of the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast as far as we know, that's dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. I'm Jeff. And I'm Bob. And I'm Dave. Wait, I'm Bob. No, I'm Dave. Dave I'm Dave. Bob. And I'm Bob. And you're both confused. Easily confused. <laughs> That'll happen. Maybe you should change chairs. That so would fix it. We, have, we either have somebody else in the broadcast foxhole, or Dave is doing a very good imitation of Bob. But, Holmstrom. We have Bob yeah. Holmstrom with us tonight. Thanks yeah. for being here, Bob. Well, thanks for having me again, guys. So this is a very momentous occasion. Uh, yesterday, which was April 19th, was the one-year anniversary of the two half-squads. Well, congratulations, guys. That's a, yeah, we, how about us? Yay! Yeah. Uh, a lot of rejoicing. Yay! Yay! Yay. Yes. Can't believe we made it a year. You know who I miss? Our old friends, the Three Stooges. I know. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Well, their batteries ran. <laughs> you know what happens when your ticker runs out? Their batteries ran out. We're gonna. I'm gonna order a new one. Just haven't gotten around to that. It's been you a know, year, and this is episode 18. Yeah, episode 18. Plus, we've had uh, ASL extras by you. How many? Six. Uh, maybe seven. We can't count. And then uh, yesterday, or uh, earlier today, I posted uh, my own ASL extra. It's up. Yeah. Oh. It's part of a mini series. Really? We're doing a Joe and I are doing a mini mini series called Newbie Doo. Is it? Oh, is this about which is like, specifically designed for brand new players? So, in in this one, we play through f- two full turns of the first scenario in Starter Kit One. Oh, I thought the miniseries this would be how your ancestors were brought over from Africa, 
and made slaves. Oh, no. You never saw Roots, I, did you? Of course I did. Okay. I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> that was a pregnant pause, a pause for effect, if you will. And, uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to listen to your posting tonight. Yeah, it's fascinating. How long is it? It's about an hour minutes. and 20 minutes. <laughs> hour we, and 20 minutes. We, we go through two turns. But we describe everything in detail. You know, how we're, who we're setting up, how we're setting them up, what every step everybody makes. So people, because there are a lot, of, we have a lot of new users that say, I don't understand how defensive fire works and which phase comes first and all that stuff. It's too overwhelming to try to get through it in the in the rule book for some people. So for those people that are slow people, it's a little slow. You can listen to our episode, which is also very slow. slow. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. And if there's, uh, you know, we're promising more, but if everybody hates it, we promise we won't do more. And what else is new? What's what's happening? How are you guys? Well, good. Very good, Jeff. I, I you know, I haven't been down in your basement before, where you have this. You're doing the show now, and you know, it's probably all gamers do when you when you go in somebody's game room, you check out their <laughs> game collection. You know, mm-hmm. so of course I was checking your game collection ah. out, and you know, you got Squad Leader, Advanced Squad Leader, Panzer Blitz, and then Barbie, the game yeah. for girls. <laughs> Which uh, you know, was that? Which I think is a wonderful addition to anyone's game collection. And what year is that game? Do you know? That came out in 1963. It looks like Mattel. Yeah, and I used to play it with my sister, my uh, older <laughs> sister, and I. Is there a the combat result table on it? And I asked oh yeah, you, oh yeah. I thought yeah. it was your daughters. <laughs> no, well, in 1963, my daughters were were not born yet. Well, okay, because you so were, when yeah. it came out, though, I. I played that, the Barbie game. If you guys are good, we'll play it later. (laughs) (laughs) You could do an extra podcast on that. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I was surprised. This game is not on Board Game Geek. Oh, it is? Yeah, so the reason why I have the game is I want to put it on Board Game Geek. Photograph it. Yeah, I'm going to photograph it. How much you get for that on eBay? Well, actually, it is a reprint. This is not the original game. This reprint came out maybe 10 years ago or... 12 years ago, something like that, and I snatched it up when I saw it at the store because it was such a great game. Uh, it's even better after you've had a few drinks. <laughs> when you were so we five actually... years old with your sister. <laughs> You're not playing that game solo, yeah. are you, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> and what are you drinking tonight, Jeff? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, I'm glad you asked that, Dave. May I call you Dave? You may. This is uh, Utenos. Yeah. Utenos beer, premium lager. And this is from Lithuania. Lithuania. I think it's Lithuania. I don't think the Lithuanians say Lithuania. Lithium. Yeah. So, uh, and it's very tasty. comes in a big bottle, too, which is very important. Except when I brought two, I didn't know we'd have Bob. And then I went to the store today to pick up another one. And and all the huge rows of individual bottles up there from all these different foreign places, I couldn't find it. Oh. So, Mm -hmm. sorry. Oh, since you did ask about our personal lives, I have one brief story from school today. Okay. Um, we were doing the Marshall Plan, uh, giving the money to Europe to rebuild Europe after World War II. And I have a doll that was sent to my wife's. It's kind of historical, so this mm-hmm. fits World War II. My wife's mother received this German doll in the mail as a thank you for the American children sending over shoes as part of the Marshall Plan. Really? And so I had this little German doll. We passed it around. And then at the end of class, the kid in the back row, Zach, said, that's kind of a scary doll. 
And so I, I turned to him and I moved its hand up and down. And I said, Avitazane, Zach, Avitazane. He's like, get away from me. Get that away from me. So I walked to my desk and I happened to remember that I brought in a knife that had a collapsible tip. You could, when you. Now, what kind of school is this you teach at? <laughs> it's a normal public school. Mm-hmm. The knife is collapsible. So I took the knife and all the kids then leaned down and started doing paperwork, which is rare in my, uh, my classroom, but they were all quietly doing paper, paperwork. Analyzing a map of the Berlin airlift, and I moved around to the front of the room and took the knife and held it in the little doll's hand. <laughs> and kids started glancing up and they'd start giggling as they saw me coming down the center aisle with this doll with this big knife in its hand. And then uh, finally, Zach looked up in the back row. Ah, Vita Zane, Zaka, yeah. And they all just lost it. And he said, "That's that's not funny. Get that away from me. You're weird or something." Yeah. Maybe true. And I said, oh, you don't like my joke? You don't like it, huh? Well, I bet you just wish I would kill myself. And I took the knife and I stabbed it into my chest. Oh, my god! It had the collapsible yeah. tip. And um, most of them burst out laughing. Yeah. But I saw this one kid in the middle of the room, this little guy just kind of just looked horribly shocked for a second. And I thought, oh, maybe I pushed the envelope a little too far. Do you think? <laughs> I guess so. Thank and God for the tenure system. I, yeah, that's really. <laughs> hey, this makes my room a fun place to be, making history come alive. As we know, a fun and kill learning and environment is a productive learning. That's environment. Cr- I'm telling you, they remember stuff. Well, that's. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how you top that one. Yeah, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Well, we kind of had fun uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were at the ASL Open, which was a lot of fun. Bob was there in an, in an official capacity, that is, participating in it. And Dave and I were there. Making just, unsolicited uh, comments, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Recording. So for those of you that caught it live, and we were broadcasting live, live video and audio. And I think we had, uh, boy, it was big, two, maybe three people mm-hmm. on the air uh, with us watching. I don't so, believe I, I know you guys had asked me at one time to stop by, but I think all my games went pretty long. So you I didn't have a were chance playing to, long, yes. Yeah, yeah. So how did you uh, how did you like the tournament? Uh, it was wonderful as always. Yeah, you know Dave runs a, a great tournament. And, Dave uh, Goldman. Dave Goldman, mm-hmm. sure. Who has been a guest of the two half squads? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and um, for a minute, for for a little while there, I thought I had a chance to win. <laughs> I did and, too. Um, and um, I, I won my first four games, and then the uh, last game Saturday night, there was, I was the last of two undefeated people left. Well, actually, there was three. It was three and oh. There were three undefeated people. Um, Bob Bendis was one. I forget who the other one oh, was. Oh, Bendis be- beats Bilkey mm-hmm. in their game just before that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I don't remember. But, but uh, Bob beat whoever he played that Saturday night, and then I lost by just a little bit in the last uh, end of the uh, night game. Barely lost, and uh, yeah, that took me out of the running. So otherwise, I would have played Bendis for the uh, championship, championship on Sunday. So did, did, did that game come right down to the wire? It did. Yeah. Kind of? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, you know, it was really close, and uh, I just couldn't get um, the roles I needed. We were playing armor, which is... You know, we were using a lot of tanks, uh-huh. and I had to destroy the Russian tanks, and I needed about sixes to kill them, fives or sixes, and I or I need to hit them in the turret, 
to get I a could, better. I couldn't hit in the turret because they had weak turret armor, so I kept hitting him in the hall, and I couldn't get the to kill rolls I needed to uh, mm. to knock out the last two tanks. So, uh, but it was a really close game and, and definitely a lot of fun. So, do you remember the name of the scenario? Fangs of the Tiger. Hmm. It was a, uh, I believe, a Schwerpunk scenario. So, uh, good scenario. A lot of very interesting. The, uh, the Germans have Tiger tanks, which everybody loves, and yeah. the Russians have these. They aren't the T-34s, they're like the T-43s or something. They have better armor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a good scenario. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Fun. It's good. It's important. I was reading an article, uh, a very short article. can't remember where. Maybe it was on one of the Texas ASL sites, and they were talking about the importance of playing through to the end of the scenario, not giving up. Because you can win or lose. I mean, things can really turn in that when you think you're... They you're, can things can really turn Absolutely. around. Absolutely, and uh, that, that goes through through every game. Um, I think all my opponents pretty much played through the end, even though they were, for the most part, behind. Um, and then in the, the one I lost, um, the very first shot my opponent took was a critical hit to kill one of my Tigers, which with T30, T-43s, that's pretty much what you need. So that was kind of disheartening at first, but mm-hmm. I kept playing on and eventually you know, rallied back, had a shot at the end. Very important. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I found this, uh, I, I'm listening to a book, an audio book, about Winston Churchill and uh, Franklin Roosevelt and how they like to dress up like women. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's not true. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, I don't teach that in my <laughs> class because I'm they very might, serious in my class. Actually, uh, I came across this, uh, I heard this quote by Churchill that fits this plane to the end where he says... Uh, should I do it in my Churchill voice? You should. <clears throat> I need to drink a lot of whiskey and soda first, but... We shall go on, and we shall fight it out, here or elsewhere. And does this sound like Churchill at all? I think your other imitations were better, but go okay. ahead. I think you're doing fantastic. <laughs> and if at last the long story is to end, it were better it should end not through surrender, but only when we are rolling senseless on the ground does sound like he had a little too much whiskey. Yeah, I think he did. But that rolling senseless on the ground, that actually reminds me of myself. Uh, I, that's how I yeah, see you a lot, down. Jeff. Yeah. At the end of the night. <laughs> whether or not I'm oh, playing you mean squad when you're playing later. Yeah, later. whether or not. So, okay, let's go to... Uh, viewer, viewer, listener, listener, listener mail. mail. And viewer mail, too. Cause now we, that we're a video podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can call it that. What do you have there, Jeff? I have a... Um, I'm glad you printed this out, Dave. It's an email from some guy named Thank You. <laughs> There's a T by it. Oh, a T. So I T, think he signed it that you way. You know who actually. you are. Uh, he says some very nice things about us, which is uh, which is very nice. We didn't pay him to do that, but he did. It's and, and continues on. I won't read that because it's embarrassing. Okay. It's so awesome to hear you guys uh, to hear guys who love a game and take it seriously. But not too seriously. I may have said this before, but I don't even play ASL and currently have no plans to in the near future. But love the banter and discussion of tactics and history and equipment and battles. And we should start doing more of that useful stuff. Uh, I play Combat Commander, Conflict of Heroes, and soon the new Panzer Blitz, which is an MMP release, which I think just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, I know it's a ton of work to make this happen and appreciate 
all the effort that goes into it. So thank you, T, for writing. Thank you, T. I have one. I'm so happy. Mr. T. I should call him Mr. Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah. Fool. I pity the fool. Yeah. I pity the fool to listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, I do, too. You, what do you have? I'm so happy and relieved. Just about to do some work, and I thought I'd quickly check the two half squads and see if there was a new episode out. This was after our long break. So I'm sure he was not expecting anything. And imagine my joy to realize that there were two episodes, 15 and Burial Mound. There was a sudden flurry of activity as I set about finding CDs to write them to. That work will still be there tomorrow. I live my life by that motto, Martin. We're slowing down. the. This might be why the economy has slowed down. He didn't do his, his work. Yeah. He instead, he listened to the podcast. So yeah. He wasn't helping the GNP. So you think we're responsible maybe for I'm this wondering. a little bit? Yeah. Wow. That makes me feel bad. I'll get over it, though. Bob, do you have a letter you'd read for us? Sure, I'll be a guest reader for you guys. Um, let's see, this one starts off, Hi, guys, thanks for these extra episodes. Uh, please keep these coming. They're really interesting, even if I do get a little lost from time to time. Do you think that perhaps you could do a starter kit extra episode for us newbies? I think that would be extremely helpful for us, especially as I tend to struggle with where to set up and why. So, Jeff... Yeah. He probably hasn't checked ah, recently, yeah. and he could see your extra. That's and, right. Um, anyway, he also says, I know you guys are really busy, so if you could do one for us, that would be awesome. Thanks. That's Phil from the way, from Wales in the U- UK. So uh, We like Phil. Nice. Yeah, we a, do. Phil's a good guy. Phil has invited us uh, to visit him and stay with him, yeah. stay with he and his family when we're next in Wales, mm-hmm. which is nice. And at this point in the podcast, I'm going to insert the Welsh Rhapsody as soon as I can get my hands on a recording oh. of that. That would be good. The um, we will do a uh, extra episode. Will be a starter kit soon. I got to line up the players, and we'll get one of those done too. Oh, good. In the meantime, I think Jeff's and Joe's work will be better. Yeah, I remember the, the first time. The first time I played any sort of war game uh, was Panzer Blitz, or maybe it was yeah, it was Panzer Blitz, and uh, I I got out all the counters and everything, and it said, you know, your forces come on from the from the north side of the board, and I thought. What do I do? Where? What do you mean? Where? How do I know? You mean I, it's pretty I can open pick, ended, isn't it? I can pick. <laughs> I'm used to games where you start at the home Next, space, yeah, and then go around and go to. Get or at, the you free start park. At, at Barbie's house. Yeah, start at Barbie's house, and then go get a boyfriend and go steady, and then go shop for a dress. <laughs> right, right. The pink car. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little overwhelming. So I can totally relate to that. I know you. Neither of you guys ever experienced that. You were. You were both foreign war gamers that's true very true well honestly i did buy dogfight the old milton bradley american heritage dogfight game 31 mm-hmm. bucks ebay and playing it with my boys oh well that's great yeah is good it, is it still a good game yeah remember yeah. I, it is very simple now that i play it with them uh-huh. but uh it works at did their level play well the old milton bradley carrier strike game no with the aircraft carriers and the planes on them and you put the little torpedoes and the, no we had the broadside but not the here. we didn't have that one they did a good series of games. I have another. Hey, guys, thanks for all the ASL podcast episodes. Don't try to please everyone, as that's impossible to do. I want to please everyone. Stick to your guns. You guys are doing great. Don't lose your originality. Love the humor, beer discussion, and, of course, the ASL, including cover art segment. Thanks, Peter. We get a lot of support for that cover Thank art segment. You, and I think that last one was really was especially good. It was a good yeah. one. Uh, I've got one here from Mark from Sacramento. Greetings from Sacramento. First off, I would like to say that although I subscribe to various gaming podcasts, D&D, Role Playing, and others, 
The two half squads is by far the most entertaining, humorous, and anticipated of them all. Well, that's nice to hear. Your easygoing manners and accidental humor make the two half squads a joy to listen to. It's not accidental. We we write down. This is all scripted. It's pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's off the and cuff. I can tell you that's true. They've handed me a ten-page script before yeah. I walked in. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, this I'm reading right off it now. Yeah. Well, you sound so nat- you sound so natural too. Um, I began playing uh, ASL in 1992 with a friend of mine. Have we we haven't read this before. Do we keep rereading these ones that are it so complimentary? It is possible one got in there, but I yeah. don't think so. Um, I'm looking forward to relearning the game. I'm going to skip down. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm looking forward to relearning the game with a new player partner and benefiting from your ongoing wisdom. So we'll have to get some out. Uh, keep up the great show, and I should hopefully be ordering a T-shirt and send you a local micro brew or two. Now, that's an interesting idea. It's going to send us a brew. Idea. Yeah, I highly yeah. recommend you do that. Yeah. Um, from our local brewing uh, company, Rubicon Brewing Company. Ding, we should have a little bell every time. Every time uh, uh, something is mentioned, so a little, what's the word I'm oh, looking for? Say it again, Jeff. Ready? Uh, Rubicon Brewing Company. <laughs> Very effective. <laughs> keep yourself buttoned up and keep your turrets safe. There you go. Who is that from? Mark of Sacramento. Oh, yes. Bob? Well, I have another Phil here, although it doesn't say if it's Phil from Wales, so I'm going to guess it's a different Phil. And he says, hi, guys. Great stuff, you little monkeys. <laughs> so that's definitely a good way to go. Uh, next yeah. episode, I'm drinking along with you, or perhaps he's drinking when he's writing this. Uh, thanks yeah. for taking the time, and thanks for being so entertaining as well as informative. Your work is really appreciated. Uh, one criticism is that you keep reading the same viewer mail over and over again. <laughs> Get out I of here. He didn't write that last part, but anyway, that's from Phil. <laughs> And yeah, I have, Zooks, we've been discovered. <laughs> I have over 30 years ago. I started wargaming. I actually started playing squad leader in college. We almost always had a squad leader game set up in our ROTC Rangers room. Fast forward to 1989. I started selling micro armor at the oh, micro brewery armor in a local game store. And within a year, I opened my own hobby store, moving several times to larger frontages. Wow. Eventually, my job with the Army kept taking up more of my time, so I dedicate, decided to go online and limit the selling to what I know and like best games. My stock of out-of-print ASL is most excellent and there's a lot of out-of-print items also in stock. Almost everything in print is sold at discount and there's no handling charge for shipping. My pre-order system saves customers more and they can combine with other publishers' products. And this is from I hope it's not too long. No, it's not Alex. I'm glad to read that. We met him at Aslock. Oh yeah, Alex Remember? Key. Alex, Alex Key. key. We, at him, we met him at the ASL Open. As, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he hopes to see us at Aslock. Yeah which I don't think you will, Alex, but yeah. it was great meeting you and uh, glad to give you a shout-out. Yeah, and you bought something from Alex, didn't you? We did, which will be a what's in the box, maybe next time. Oh, okay. You so know, it's a secret. People Bob, did should... you buy anything at the... I did buy something. For what did you buy? So try and buy from Alex whenever I'm there. Yeah. I bought the uh, Operation Chariot. Oh, what is that? That is uh, the new boxed module for ASL from the LaFranc Terrier guys. Ah. Um, it's on the uh, rate of... St. Nazaire. Nazaire? Nazaire. Son, son, that's yeah. right. Something like that. Yeah. That's very frank. Which was an old uh, Avalon Hill. Well, we'll talk about that more when we do the What's in the Box. Oh, right. so um, you bought one too? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. And an old Avalon Hill game that I always wanted to get in its own right, but thought, oh, I don't want to learn new rules. Mm-hmm. So then they come out with it in ASL rule format. Well, 
You gotta buy. Couldn't say no then. You can't say no to that. So yeah, so we'll talk about that in some detail as we go into the next show. I bought this. I bought this nice dice tower, which is absolutely. It's almost totally soundless. Not. I'm using my girly girly dice. Dice wouldn't make noise in anything. (laughs) They came from the Barbie game. Yeah, they do. (laughs) But listen, here we go. That's soothing. That's amazing. That's really it so. Was, I can play very quiet. quietly. Yeah. These are great too. Uh, Alex doesn't have a website, but uh, we'll put a. I'll put his email address on our website so that people can write him and get a list of all the products that he sells. He sells products from MMP and all the other and and many other third party suppliers and other games besides just Squad Leader. But one of the nice things is uh, you can buy several different things, combine the shipping, whereas. Normally, you'd have to buy something from MMP and pay the shipping and then buy something from Schwerpunkt and pay the shipping and buy something from somewhere else and pay the shipping. Of course, with you buy from Alex, combines it all in one. So, there you go. Ding. Oh, that's for Alex. Let's ding our glasses. All right. That's enough. Definitely need to get a bell. We need a bell. I have a comment on ASLX for 7. You made the right choice to share this podcast. Good and bad games provide insight into playing ASL. Uh, that episode, didn't the game wasn't a great game. Yeah. But as he says, you still get a lot of insight from playing, even listening to a bad um, game played. Rich sounds like a very knowledgeable player. I enjoyed this format where he gave another view of the setup and play. That was the neutral commentator format. Uh, and Dave, I cannot believe that you did not remember to replace the 8 neg 1 with a 10-0 commissar. Mm. Well, the truth is I never even knew you could do that. But thanks to your mistake and Rich's observation, I knew that. I forgot. I'm like mid-game, and I'm like, oh, I could really use that commissar right now. But it was It's hard giving late. up a minus one leader for a commissar. I, in this one, it would have been perfect. Mm, okay. But You can um, do that uh, at any time? Within before any? the game. And uh, it's before 1942, do you uh, know, Bob? 41 and 42. And after that, you can't... Maybe November of 42. Or maybe or a restriction. Like yeah. And the commissar allows the troops under him to rally without the plus four and with a one higher morale level. That's and right. if they fail, they're... Without de- desperation morale. Without problems. the plus four. Yeah. And they are reduced, though, if they, if they fail. fail. They're, they're rallying. ELR'd. ELR'd and then down to conscript and then down to half squad. And can they... Do you need a commissar to human wave with the Russians? No. Okay. Comment on last episode. I play scenarios like Dave and then I play every scenario in order from the expansions that I purpose. Purchase. Rich, I believe you might be missing out on something because Rich said he just kind of jumps all around. I feel there are very few bad scenarios. I think Bob would disagree with that. But then again, I'm not very competitive. <laughs> and whether the scenario is balanced or not is not important to me. Ah, there you go. I play my best on any scenario. I just want to see how things play out. Yeah. I could not imagine only a scenario I never played and missing out a chance to experience it from Dan Brown. And one more Corporal Ool. All or Ool, he posts often on the one of the squad forums. Yeah, he's on Game Squad a lot. Ever since I started listening to your podcast, I've been rolling high. <laughs> Well, you could take that wow. a couple of different ways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. Well, we suggest that you not drink as much then before you play. Okay. We can't be responsible. I, I have one, one last one, more? one here. Okay. Um, this is also from Phil. In our, no, it's not from Phil. The other two are from Phil. <laughs> Let this me reread this one. This one's from Jeff White uh, in Dublin. And Jeff has this. A great show as usual. I normally listen on my iPod on the way to work, so I get it get in 20-minute doses. 
Nice item on mortars. I like the question and answer format. I would, I would love a show on the whole stop, motion, non-stop thing. It's all very confusing when it comes to knowing which modifiers to use. As Winnie the Pooh might have said, I am an ASLer with a very small brain. Mm -hmm. Spilky chart. I was just thinking yeah. of that. You don't, you haven't posted on your yes. website, don't you? Yeah. I believe I saw that. That's so, right. Um, definitely download the uh, Rich Spilky's chart. Um, anyway, keep up the good work. Keep the box art bit and discourage the organ playing unless it's Bach. Okay. <laughs> so again, that was uh, Jeff White uh, from Dublin. And Jeff, I do have one more, and this one's particularly for you. Uh, I got into a conversation with um, Alan about ordering T-shirts and the, the live feed and all this kind of stuff going on. He's been actually Twittering, which I'm sure Jeff will talk about in a minute. But he told me that I'll have to check. <laughs> he, he's ordering the shirts, and he says he'd have to check with a guy in his group if he wanted to buy one in, a, in, a, in on mass and save on postage. I started hosting about every other month at the local library. And I had mocked mm. Jeff Hallett mm. earlier for mentioning meeting players in a library. Mm -hmm. And he oh. says, I said, are you kidding? He said, no kidding. I have a nice room with four tables. 20 guys can play. It's free. They can have snacks, but no alcohol. We do a Battle of Bulge-themed event in December uh, and on and on. And you really shouldn't make fun of Jeff, at least much. I don't know if I got the idea from that episode. At least not episode. for that. You can pick something else. <laughs> I don't know if I got the idea from that episode or just decided it was time to put something together. I live about an hour south of Seattle and didn't see a lot of opportunities to play. And so he took the initiative, and he started a wargaming club in his library. In his library. Wow. And I'm telling you, that is a great idea. So what, uh, who is that? That's Alan Evanson. Nice work, Alan. He Twitters a lot. So. Oh, yes, that's right. He does. Alan. He's on our Twitter. And, and the Two Half Squads is now on Twitter. We've been on there for about two weeks. So you can follow us on Twitter, I want to tell you. You don't want to miss any one of our little twits, our tweets. They're I not suppose twits. if you have nothing else to do. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where the, the, uh, the jury's still out as to the value of Twitter, but... We'll see. Well, why don't we talk about what scenarios we've been playing lately, gentlemen? Yes, or favorite scenarios, or, or favorite oh, we were scenarios. Calling we it can't do favorite scenario scenarios. Scenario review. Scenario no, report. That was box art review. Scenario report. report. And now for scenario report. Oh, wait a minute. And now for scenario report. Okay. Did you put a reverb on it? I did. You can't do that. That's for what's in the box. Okay, I'll take that out. All right. Jeff, what do you got? Well, I played uh, something from Schwerpunkt. Schwerpunkt has this, I can't remember what their the whole packet is called. but um, The Rally Point. Yeah, Rally Point. So these are scenarios that you can play with Thank either. Thank you, Dr. Einstein. Yes. With either the uh, starter kit rules or with the full rules. And I played Retreat from Byrak. Iraq? Uh, Byrak. By. Oh. B-A-I-R-A-K? Oh, yeah, when you go to the sales and they have all the women's dresses on sale on the, the racks. Yeah, yeah, the, the bi rack. Yeah, the bi rack. Yeah. You got to jump down, spin around, pick a dress of cotton. Got to jump down, spin around, <laughs> pick a dress of wool. Does that work with your Barbie game, too? <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure it does. That's a good idea. With the full rules, though. The full, rules the full Barbie rules. You don't want to play with the truncated Barbie. rules. Um, so this is uh, RPT Rally Point number 12, and I played this with Tim the other night at Joe's. Had a very nice time there. And uh, kind of a simple scenario, but it includes some... Uh, Tim is just getting into the full rules, mm -hmm. so this was good for me because I 
know them slightly better than he does. Just enough to try and teach someone. Though. Yes, which is a great way to learn. You it, bet. It's the best way to learn. In fact, I had this idea. I have another harebrained scheme, kind of like the library idea. Scary, yes. Well, we, I, where we could go to Games Plus, which is this gaming store uh, in the area, which is Wonderful one of the best gaming stores yeah. in anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. great store. And I thought we could do a like a um, a workshop, learn to play Squad Leader workshop, advertise it for a few weeks. People come in. You're just learn to play Squad filling Leader. up my whole schedule, aren't yeah. you? You're worse Get than the my overhead, wife. Overhead projector. <laughs> You know, I could yeah. make a PowerPoint, I suppose. Well, I'm, well, there are some good PowerPoint, but well, we can just teach with the overhead, and uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. Maybe we could talk to Keith and find out when uh, Starter Kit One is coming out. Coordinate it with it's that. already out. Yeah, uh, it's not in print. Years. It's not in print right now. Oh, re reprint. Yeah, reprint. Yeah, excuse me, reprint. Uh, anyway, so this has uh, the Russians against the Germans. This was in uh, 1942. May of 1942. It's uh, it's nice because it just introduces armor a little bit. There are two Panzer III's uh, versus a KV-1 Russian and two T-34's. And the Germans have to... They're sort of doing a, uh, a hold and retreat maneuver on the map, so they have to prevent the Russians from coming in too quickly. And um, I didn't actually do very well on this. My setup wasn't that wasn't very good because... As is typical with me, first thing that happened is Tim waltzed onto the board with his, I think it was one of his T-34s, and blew up one of my Panzer threes in the first turn. Ah. Mm-hmm. Good set, yeah. So I'm learning about that setup. Set up your tanks in a basement, in a garage, maybe behind the McDonald's where they can't be seen. That would help. Yeah. Especially well, how, if he's setting up on the board. How about hidden in the if woods? He, or in a building. Yeah. Could not, uh, we were not allowed to set up in a building. Oh. Yeah. And actually, I don't, I don't know that there were, uh, there was a little bit of uh, woods here. Maybe a little brush. Yeah, some brush. (laughs) Set up in disguise. But we had a good time with it. I think we got through to about turn four and uh, Tim decided that he couldn't win. I was holding him off. I had bored him by playing really slow. That's what I like to do. (laughs) But we had so much fun. We made the tank noises and the explosions, and that's always a good time. And for me, every scenario is a good scenario. I'm I'm still the neophyte that uh, finds everything fascinating. So we had a really good time. With like that. one Recommend of our listener one. males said. Yeah. Right. Yep. Just like to play. Yep. See what happens. That's right. So that was mine. Bob. Uh, well, I've played a lot of scenarios recently. Obviously, in, uh, tournament. Uh, in a tournament, and then practicing leading up to it. But I. Uh, I have been playtesting um, a scenario for the Friendly Fire crew in Sweden, um, and I do playtest a couple of their scenarios, and it's one that will be in the newest pack that's coming out, and it's called, I believe, Sprox 11, and it's an East Front scenario, um, I believe January 44, maybe. Um, and it's a horde of Russian tanks attacking in the winter against some German AT guns and half tracks with the little 75 millimeter howitzers on them. Mm. And um, it's an excellent scenario. Um, I think uh, it'll be an extremely popular one from that pack when it comes out. Uh, Bob Miller and I <clears throat> played it, and we just had an absolute blast playing it. So uh, for those who uh, haven't 
haven't uh, picked up the friendly fire packs i pick up the new one coming out um because they always have they, they have great scenarios in their packs did you say how many turns that was by chance i believe it was six turns in, leave six turns long okay so might so, see it make that a tournament game it's definitely their, their scenarios tend to be tournament length so uh, but excellent highly recommend excellent how about you dave well i have a scenario that's it's marvelous for many reasons one oh wait a minute one second going back to bob yes are you allowed to talk about that oh that was top secret that was Is that top, top secret scenario. We have to kill everybody now? <laughs> if you're listening to this, you have to go kill yourself. <laughs> Harikiri? Harakiri. Well, it's it's spelled Harakiri. But... Oh, Harry Kiri was the Cubs announcer. Yeah. He didn't kill himself. Well, no. Mine, just start with the title. Everyone knows that I'm an art major. Mm-hmm. The title of mine is Art Niveau. Mm-hmm. Then, let's just look at the number. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh, Jeff. You're laughing out of embarrassment. <laughs> embarrassment, because your number was RPT something. Yeah, 12. Mine is ASL, which makes it an official ASL product, and scenario 88. Now, does oh. the number 88, gentlemen, ring a bell, make you get a little good feeling going up and down your spine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because? Yeah, because of the 88s, the German 88s. Their gun, the, the gun, gun of gun, terror, right? the gun of t- very well said, Jeff. The gun of terror. This takes place May tenth, nineteen forty. Who's your favorite general of the Germans, everyone? Oh, let me give you a hint. It starts with an R. Rommel. <laughs> Rommel. Rommel. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to make a joke. Rommel, Seventh <laughs> Panzer Division. Another reason why my scenario is better than both of yours. I was just never a big fan of the German generals. I don't know why that is. But. <laughs> Maybe because they were evil? Well, no, let's not get into that discussion. No. Following orders? I don't know. Well, what generals did you like? I did like the American generals, <laughs> the British generals. Montgomery? You know, the Russian generals. Montgomery, sure, too? Why, why wouldn't you like Montgomery? Okay. Yeah. I have sure. a lot of people badmouth him. That's yeah. uh, like he's a whiny. I had a biography of Montgomery on my bookshelf, and my friend Matt Ramsey saw it. He's like, did you read that? I'm like, no, not yet. It's in the to-read list. He's like, I hate Montgomery. Blah, blah, blah. He comes up with stupid ideas. He's always going against the mayor. Even the Patton said he was an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. Like, Do you think maybe the movie Patton turned a lot of people off to Montgomery? Maybe that's because it. Because of the commentary in that movie. Well, in Operation Market Garden turned people well, off yes, because they, they... Although they, that was they close. Blame it. Yeah, but right? still, it, it close doesn't count. Yeah, I guess that's anyway, true. Anyway, not a, favorably portrayed in Hollywood, I would say. Yeah, I would say that's true. In American films. We should turn right. that around. We should. Let's, be, let's get into the filmmaking make, business, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. After you book up my Saturdays <laughs> doing know, tutorials at Games Plus, you can book up my whole summer making movies. Yeah. <laughs> this happens to be seven and a half turns long, and it features the Belgium, Belgians, Belgians, the Belgians. Now, are they Walloon Belgians, or does it say? They're what? Are they Walloons, or? Are you serious? What's a Walloon, what's a Walloon well, Belgian? Don't they have the, the Walloons, and there's, what's the other? There's two types of Belgium. There's the French-speaking Belgians and the German-speaking oh. Belgians. Oh. Well, this is Regiment de Chaussées Ardennes. And it has... 
I noticed how you didn't answer that at all, Dave. <laughs> no, because I don't know about it. <laughs> it has a pillbox. It has a roadblock. Uh-huh. And it has the Americans that coming, or the Germans coming on, and the Germans moving first. And look, everyone. get Oh, sorry. It's okay, dog, Charlie. Dog fight. They're trying to decide which Belgians they like the best, I guess. I thought he thought I was trying to cheat again. Yeah. Keep your hands to yourself. The elements of the Kleinschmidt Company. Oh, you're kidding. Kraftstarschutzen Battalion 7. Right there, Mr. Oh, Hallett. Let me see that. Take a look. You whited that out and wrote it in I yourself. Did not. Get out your game, everyone. It comes from. Oh, what does it come from, Art Nouveau? Um, that would be from the last. Tra- no. Yeah, no, the French? That would no. Be Doom Battalions. Doom Battalions. Yeah, Doom Battalions, that's correct. You are right, though. Kleinschmidt. My name is right in a scenario. That's why I think making me a leader counter, mm-hmm. official counter leader, would be appropriate. Yeah, it's long overdue, really. Long they're, they're overdue. They are remiss. They are remiss over there at MMP. Keith, if you're listening, and I know you listen. Release once, a new game with every my name episodes. in it. Yeah. <laughs> every seven. So it has air support for the Germans. 39 fighter bomber without bombs. I forgot. That's right. I love airplane rules. It's a fighter bomber without bombs? Sorry? So it's a make it just a fighter then. It's a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. FB, oh, that makes sense. FB right. without bombs is yeah. the official designation. Okay. Uh, before setup, the Belgian players determine his final OB by selecting three cards from a deck. A red card forces the Belgian player to delete one counter from his initial onboard OB, and a black card allows the Belgian player to choose an additional counter from a force pool. So you get a little variety there. You know, I thought it was a pretty good deal. The Belgian armor fighting vehicles may set up in woods using hidden initial placements. Mm-hmm. So that helps. And Bob didn't like my scenario choice. Bob, why was that? Oh, I, I don't know. It looks like a cakewalk for, uh, for the crowds so. there. It does. And so Bob said... That's probably not. That's probably a dog. Twelve German Germans coming on with motorcycles. Twelve motorcycles. Another reason I love this scenario. I like motorcycles. Motorcycles are fun. They're fun. Just don't go driving them right into the enemy positions. Um, and then six of the Belgians in the pillbox with a couple tanks hidden. Three German tanks. All early war stuff. Panzer one twos. And so I went on roar. And you ready, Bob? Yep. What's the, the shocker? What's the record? Bob thought the Germans would be winning two to one. Mm-hmm. Whoops! I just scrolled. It's going to set us back a little bit. And it is German twenty-six, Belgians forty-four. Wow, that's amazing. Is that amazing? It's amazing. That is a, actually that is amazing because I look at it too and think, well, oh, it's got to be tough for the Belgians. So how can they Belgians? So how can they win? It's got to be in the victory conditions, right? Um. You have to clear the roadblock, get 12 victory points, and they can exit to get them. Yeah, it probably came down to a lot of, you know, yeah, that probably helps, certainly. Having those hidden tanks may help a lot, too. Pick off some German Clearing the roadblock can be tough without a demo charge. You got to get in there and get that labor counter and all that. Yeah, that's going to slow it down a lot. Right, exactly. I would just skip that part totally. It sounds like too many many rules. Well, you're on top of the roadblock, so let's just say I clear next turn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, something came up when I was playing, Tim, with this uh, retreat from Byrak. And let me ask you how, how you would handle this. I broke, I had a broken unit. 
Probably DM, several, I would guess. DM. Uh, I think he was out in the open. He was adjacent to a good order unit. And I fired uh, in a different area. I fired on Tim. And he went berserk. He had a berserk. He had to, you know, run, charge the, charge nearest. the nearest unit. The nearest unit was the broken squad. Right. So he charged toward the broken squad. I fired at him and he and had no effect. So what happens as he, he has to charge the broken squad? What happens when he gets there? He stops. He, no, he enters, he enters the, the hex. hex in the movement phase. Right, that's right. He enters the hex and stops. Yeah. And he, the defender can tr- triple, well, he has to first fire, he has to final protective fire. Well, but he's, but broken. he's broken. There's no fire. That's so there's just no fire. He enters the hex and, and stops. Okay. Advancing fire, what happens? Quiz show. Berserker unit fires advancing if you want to. Yeah. Triple and half for advancing. Right. And then what happens to the route phase? I guess they'd be. Wait, 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 wait. Well, well, let's see. Oh. Wait, wait. Well, let me. Route. 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 He can't route. He's in the same hex. No, that's not true. Oh. They're not in in melee yet. So he can withdraw. So before, during the route phase, the broken unit can route away. No way. Yes. Well, that doesn't come up much for me. 1,000 <laughs> yeah. games, and I don't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Well, how often does that come up? But well, yeah, you're probably right, often, Bob. But... They're not marked with a counter. He can route away. But no, but no, no, no. He can't. Okay, but let's go further. He cannot route away and move adjacent to another enemy good order unit. That's not true. Uh-huh. He, if, if the heck you're routing from has an enemy unit, You your first hex can be adjacent to that unit. That's the exception That's to the, the rule. That's the exception. Right. Then he continues. Then he would continue his route. He couldn't end his route adjacent to that unit, but he, his first hex can be adjacent to the unit. He started okay. the route phase. There's one probably little line in the rule book that says that, so I missed that. I probably read that on the comprehensive route uh, chart that came out with her, the rules when they had a big two page comprehensive route thing. I read that with a fine tooth comb. I'm sure I made some mm-hmm. mental note that never got played for two years and mm-hmm. is gone again from my so mind. You didn't route the unit away and went to close combat? or um, I believe we went to close combat, close yeah. Combat, yeah. I think yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. I would have left him in and tried to withdraw. I, I would have went, okay, it's now going to be a combat. He's going to have to withdraw, neg two on him, and he can't fight back. Now Don Don Lazoff wrote me, <clears throat> pardon me, and and gave me this uh, because there was some discussion there, and we decided we were just going to stay in close combat. But he wrote me, and he wrote this. Firstly, the berserk unit runs into the hex, and after surviving all first fire, subsequent fire, final protective fire, uh, during the advance fire phase, he fires at triple point blank fire, which is halved for area fire because it's advance phase. If the berserk unit Breaks the enemy while well, the enemy is already broken. The enemy does not have to route. So is that right? They don't have to route. Uh, it, and it, and he said this the, is the one exception the to case. the route rules. This is eleven point one six. But must attempt to withdraw from close combat melee. But see, they can't, there is no melee, so the they can they wouldn't be able to with. There may be an exception where they don't have to route. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know a situation where you'd ever want to keep. You know the broken unit in, you know, in the same hacks. Yeah, 
Um, but they definitely can't withdraw because you only, can only withdraw from a, from a melee. And there's uh, not going to be a melee present until after the close, close combat, combat phase. Oh, They're marked with a CC, mm-hmm. and then it goes to sure. a, you flip it to a melee counter after the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Bob's right. Okay, but look at that. How about that? Even another way to look at it from Don. Yeah, you know. So, pretty interesting. I thought that was a good one. So that ends some scenario scenario report. And gets us to the meat of the show. Oh, we have a purpose? Yes. No, actually. (laughs) We wouldn't want to be any different than usual. Well, let's get on to the the meat of this episode, which we're calling Tanks to You, or Tanks Again. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, We're talking more about tanks tonight, and one of the reasons why we had Bob here, we lured him over. With the uh, promise of strong, strong ASL. drink and crazy women, <laughs> yeah. we told him we'd actually play ASL, and then we said, "Oh no, we're doing yeah. a podcast. Yeah, we're doing a podcast <laughs> now. You're a prisoner." Uh, but we wanted to talk to Bob about uh, Overrun, vehicle Overrun, and I don't know anything about it. Never played it. I just tore that. I leave well, that part out of the rules. So tell me what. Well, what we noticed is because because we looked. Jeff went to look for it in his rule book. The, I, I left my Overrun flowchart at home. I thought, well, Jeff will have it. Jeff couldn't come up with it and get this. Yeah, I had it out in my car. Bob, Bob <laughs> says, I think I have it in my car. I stole car. my yeah. stuff from the tournament ah. in the car, so in the, in the back seat. So now, see, I would have unloaded every night. I come home, I unload everything, and I get ready for our next game the next week. Yeah. No, I was lazy. I left it in the trunk, so I still hey, it was in there. Oh, you're ready for the next tournament. You're going to drive down to Austin for the uh, no. Texas ASL. No, oh. no, I think the next tournament will be in St. Louis in uh, late July. So that yeah, oh, you okay. have family that's there, so that's mm-hmm. always a good right. one for you to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we could do that. That's not far, yeah, Jeff. I would do that. Yeah. Actually, I have yeah. family there. Mm-hmm. I do, do too. That's right. I we do. do. My All sister. Three of us too. My sister lives there. Uh oh. And I have never been to visit her since she moved there. So. Oh, and then you're just going to show up to go down and, and do a. Yeah. Sis, sis, I love you so much. I miss you so much. Can can me and my friends sleep on your couch? (laughs) Couches. Not the same couch, of course. Bob had moved to a new home also. Um, That's right. And I was driving by his house. Did you hear anything yelled out in the air before you saw me? I I did hear something, but I couldn't quite make it. Someone yelled something at Bob. I drove by with my daughter in the car. And I taking her to her piano or going to no, I went to pick her up. So she wasn't in the car. I rolled down the window and I yelled, Hey you soul forever out the window. It, yeah, it was out in the lawn and I looked around, but you know, you know, you always have nut jobs driving yeah. by anyway. Yeah. And, it's pretty uh, common. People you know. shouting ASL. So I pick my daughter up from piano lessons. Yeah. We're in the van going back and I say, Hey Megan, roll the window down and yell ASL forever at this guy out here by his car. And she's like I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I said, okay. Well, here, and I rolled down her window, and then all I did was honk. And Bob looked up, and he first gave that, that wave you give when you don't know who the person is. Oh, yeah. He yeah, gave that, the, that, the rote yeah. wave, yeah, hi, yeah. whoever's honking me. And then you did recognize me, right? Yeah, I, I could see him go, oh, and he started to wave happily. I know that person. And then Dave speeds off right into the curb. <laughs> no, into the curb. <laughs> <laughs> I, hit the, I hit the curb. 
<laughs> I'm waving at Bob. <laughs> Yell, oh no! My daughter's in the car, in the yeah, van. I heard some screaming and, and, and then some tires squealing. I and don't off know if we you went. Did a kid or something. <laughs> off we went into the distance. <laughs> so anyway, there we go. Yeah, it's good to be neighbors. It's good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Actually, when I pass your house, Jeff, after church, often I come down Maud Street. Yeah. We don't have curbs, and just thankfully, <laughs> right? so it's, yeah. it's safer for me. Uh, but I do always go, "Hey, there's the house where they record the two half squads." Yeah, that's... you know, Jeff, we Sherry and I were out walking uh, the other weekend. We walked by uh, by your house. Oh, did you? I almost threw up and knocked on the door, but you know, I, oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I didn't know if there was afternoon delight or something. You, know, <laughs> you did never want to interrupt. Hopefully, so. in my house there is. Yes, there so. was. <laughs> they don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> But there's always room for more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's get on to the override flow chart, shall we? And I'm sorry, I'm really quite distracted yeah. with my personal stories tonight. But the listeners, uh, I had some emails that I'm asking for more personal anecdotes from my life. I just yeah. didn't want to read them off tonight right. on the air. That's, why they, that's why they follow us on Twitter, is they want to Why know, do you think you that, know, really that Jeff and even you, Dave, who played so many games, don't know the overrun rules? <laughs> okay, well, that's a very good here question. Yeah, yeah. I'd like this is to the guy who says too. to me the other week, You've played a thousand games, games, Dave, and you're still using the rule book. And he said it's a crutch. And you know what, Bob? Mm-hmm. I've been not using the rules. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I do know the rules. You do know. I do pretty well. Mm-hmm. I do know them. I always want to double check it because I'm teaching people. Right. And they, they often question me, and so I'm so trained to go back. Well, well, here I think so. As soon as someone questions me, well, I think so, and so I should say, yeah, that is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I actually do know this. Well, we're playing. You still use look at the IFT, and then we you started not doing that, and you you knew the results. I knew some of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so. Uh, it's a, it is a crutch. But your question is, why why don't either of you know the the overrun rules or are unfamiliar with them? I think there's a pretty easy answer. Yeah, give me your theory. Because you don't use the overrun yeah. very often. Well, yeah. There's not a lot of situations where it comes into play. Well, in addition to that, we're going to also talk about the vehicle bypass move, if you don't mind. Sure, we can do that. And another reason I don't know it is because I have avoided it. That to not look up rules. Probably another I'm reason. teaching rookies, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm at a tournament. I realize that I could, could actually... You know, bypass this and freeze this, but it just seems cheesy. Or you know, I don't know what he can do back, and it's going to be a lot of rules to look through. Yeah. Right, and I would say that's the number two reason people don't use overruns is because it's very rules intensive for what you do. And but I mean, you'd probably go through what thirty or forty scenarios and never have a need to ever do an overrun or an opportunity to do an yeah, overrun. Yeah, guy would have to be in the open ground, or well, typical for best result. Yeah. Um, or grain or an orchard or something. Well, let's talk about it just from the most basic standpoint. Is tell me what when would it come in? What is what is involved with an overrun? Well, an overrun is obviously using a, a vehicle to enter the hacks containing infantry units in an attempt to affect them uh, without actually shooting at them, but using an overrun, which is a uh, I guess unique form of AFV combat. Okay. Um, so typically it takes place um, typically it takes place like you said in an open ground in an orchard grain somewhere okay. where an AFE can enter <clears throat> if an infantry unit's in a building or woods it's very difficult mm-hmm. for the the tank 
or the vehicle to enter enter that hex yeah. and have an effect on the unit. So that's that's mainly where you're going to see a uh, overrun. Okay, and if, Jeff. So, um, what happens when you do? And okay. why would you? Why would you? Because for a couple of reasons. One, um, it's more effective for the most part um, than shooting at the unit. Especially so you have a, if you have an acquired or you're not cl- you know, adjacent with the machine mm-hmm. guns or things like that. That's right. Um, so it can be more effective. And unlike bounding fire, where a vehicle fires during the movement phase, and you can only fire once in bounding fire from the hex you, you're in. Um, so, for example, if you stop and shoot with that AFE, the machine guns, the gun, if you start up and continue to move, you can't shoot again that movement phase or advanced fire phase. With an overrun, you can do multiple overruns in one movement phase. Mm. So you could potentially affect, I think it's a quarter of your movement points, I think you could potentially affect yeah. probably three different hexes, uh, three different groups of, uh, of enemy infantry. Yeah, in although one, that's one movement phase. probably rare because you'd have to be, right. they'd have to be close together. Well, I believe... Dave, in a game we played, you affected two different hexes, did you not? I think I might have. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it is possible. So, but, again, the circumstances are rare, and that's why people don't know the rules very well. There's a lot of rules, and they don't use it. It doesn't come up very often, but it is something that's good to know, because in those rare circumstances, it can be uh, very effective. Yeah, and to be fair, listeners, I have the overrun flow chart in my hand, and Bob does not. So we're kind of relying on Bob's knowledge of the of the game, and kind of doing a quiz show of him, you know, see what he really knows. So, mm-hmm. and Jeff is just a color commentary. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll hand you the chart in a little bit, Jeff. Okay, but really, Jeff doesn't have a lot of ex- really. How many games have you played total so far? Probably a hundred and fifty. Yeah, which is a lot. Well, still. That's a lot for. Short time you've been playing, yes. couple years, three years, yeah. Three years, yeah. But still learning, like you said, right? You knew a little more than Tim, yeah, enough to stay ahead. And yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, three years on a, it's more like a hundred, but anyway. So, one note I have is in the chart, obviously, you have to declare it before you go in, right? Now, can you enter it without declaring it? You uh, can you enter can... an enemy hex without declaring an overrun, infantry. Mm-hmm. So just drive through the hex. Right. You could actually drive into the hex, stop, shoot your weapons at the Oh, I triple. Hex. See, I never do that. Mm-hmm. So that's one option. Okay. And in order to overrun, you must not have bounding first fired. That's right. So if you're planning on overrunning, don't shoot any weapons. That's Is right. That the basic principle. Mm-hmm. So then we enter the location. Right. And what do we do then? Then you figure out who can shoot at that from the defender's point of view. Ah, that's what um, I was wondering. Is yeah. there AT guns or tanks? Does the infantry have a bazooka or a Panzerfaust? Um, so those that's the first option. Is Can anybody shoot at that tank um, first? Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, on the chart, is I'm sure that's, that's oh, there. Oh, yeah, I was busy. <laughs> I, got, I got actually reading the chart. I got, I got, I got wrapped into this um, non-overrun movement point for entry is the cost of terrain. And I was just imagining games where infantry are blocking the exit hexes. Mm-hmm. I have to exit my tanks. I'm just going to 
not overrun them and go right through their hex and get off the board edge. Sure. Now they will still, I'm sure, get to defensive fire. They they would get even if I'm not overrunning. Right. But I'm just imagining it. Oh, I'm just gonna. I'm driving around them. <laughs> I'm dodging the men with my tank. I'm not trying to crush them with the vehicle. Yeah. So the overrun is really intended to crush an anti-tank gun. Um, right. Um, hit the enemy dead on. Right. That's Intimidate right. them by sure getting as close as you can to them and scaring them, whatever. So if I'm concealed. What must I do? Well, if you're, so you're the defender. Yes. You have a concealed infantry unit. Right. And the tank goes in there to overrun. Well, you have two options. One, you could try and retain your concealment. Um, and there's on those counters, there's a little morale level. Yeah, it's usually and seven. And you probably it, it's seven. It's always seven. It is always. Seven. Uh, sorry, on which counters? On the concealment, concealment counter. On the concealment counter. Right. Okay. And probably everybody's always wondered what's that for, and this yeah. is where that's for. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so if you want to retain concealment, you roll two dice. If you roll seven or less, you can retain your concealment. Um, if you fail, then you're pinned. Yes, okay. that's a P-A-A-T-C mm-hmm. in effect, right? right. Now, and, and loose concealment. And loose concealment. Okay. And Jeff, what does P-A-A-T-C stand for? Uh, I can't remember. It's a Patsy check. Right, I know it's Patsy, but... <laughs> I know. Oh, pinned... Patsy Klein check. Anti-armor task check. Oh. Maybe? Sure. We think so. Yeah. We're not sure. It's a patsy. It's a patsy. <laughs> it's a patsy. <laughs> so you take that check. Or you can voluntarily drop your concealment, and, and then you don't have to worry about getting pinned. Correct. The Do I have to take a patsy if I'm a berserk unit? No. Berserk units are exempt from patsies. Uh, fanatic? Exempt from p- patsies. Uh, Imperial Japanese Army. Imp- Oh my God. <laughs> well, you're reading all the exceptions, obviously, yeah, so they're I, all that's exempt. Why, that's why I thought it would be funny if you just kept going with it. I was going to throw in. I was going to throw in this. I was going to go conscript and see if you caught it. It's a plus one. Left-handed, very good. That throws me to the next. What about left-handed Finnish transvestites? Well, they're plus two Patsies. Finnish automatically kill the tank. Yeah, Finnish is next one, but then a plus two for being transvestites. Um, it's the, uh, and some more one patsies. I guess you couldn't name them offhand. Patsy uh, stands. Oh, Jeff's got the patsy. Oh, yeah. we're actually looking up. Rules. I'm actually looking it up. Yeah, yeah, live on the air. Patsy stands for pre AFV advance attack task check. Okay, I didn't get that one right. Wow, anti armor. I, I would have failed on that one as well. <laughs> I like Pat, Patsy's Cause, better because <laughs> typically they're taken when you want to advance it's into it's close it's combat it's with a tank. Right, infantry were hesitant to do that for you beginner listeners. You know, um, can you name another group that would have to have a one Patsy? Um, that would it's be tough. allied miners. Yes. A non-elite allied miners, is that correct? Non-elite Italians. Non-elite Italians. And then allied miners. Mm-hmm. And there's one more. <laughs> Would that be Chinese? Chinese. Perhaps? GMD okay. Chinese. And what does GMD stand for? The Gongmengding. I, I don't know. Gongmengding. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh I know that one. Let me recall it. <laughs> Jeff knows that he's thinking. Hold on, let me. Re- yeah, I'm thinking. While he's thinking, um, I think we've covered what happens then. Uh, terrain. Okay, so my tank's gone in a different terrain offhand, Bobbany. 
Anything you can well, think you, of? You could you could do an overrun going into a building or woods. Um, that's you know that's an option. What uh, could happen if I go into a building? Well, you could bog. Uh-huh. You could fall into the cellar. Uh-huh. <laughs> which, uh huh. An original six on a yeah, bog check. That's right. On the color die. You drop in the cellar. Jeff, have you real thought of that yet? GMD. GMD. It's uh, Guangmingdang, the Chinese Nationalist Party. The Guangmingdang. Yeah. Right. And um, if I go through the the woods. Bob, what does my tank leave? Trail break. Yeah, which you used great in that game with me going through the mines. Right. I, that really helped. In fact, I did that to somebody <laughs> later. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's got mine. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Take your tank in there. Leave a trail break behind you. Can't, the, the personnel mines aren't going to hurt the tank. Bob knew that's what I had, and he knew where I had them. But he just wanted to make sure and then get a little trail break going on. The trail break didn't go the right direction, mm-hmm. really, but still it was the right thing to do. So... Going further now, the defender, the tank has come into your hex. Jeff, what do you imagine the men will do if they made their patsy check and are not pinned? Well, I would imagine they get to fire, defensive fire. Yes. They have a lot of options with different weapons. What kind of weapons would you like to use against a tank? Well, I would want to use uh, any tank rifle. I would want to use, uh, you know, Panzerfaust, a bazooka. Even a machine gun can be effective against a tank, right? Wire-guided missile would be good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, wire-guided missile. Absolutely. I like to use that black hole they have in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. They lay it down on the ground, and people fall into it. That black circle. Yeah, I I know that one well. Yeah, that's a great one. You you throw that on the ground, and the tank falls right in. I'll put a link to that on the website. Yeah, it works for Bugs Bunny all the time. Do you know that... Daffy Duck, in, in, in filming a lot of those Warner Brothers cartoons, was injured multiple times. No. <laughs> no, really. He was hospital. Yeah, he, oh, he used to get, you know, he goes slamming into walls and all this stuff and fired out of cannons. He used to be hospitalized. I think it was about a third of his career he spent in the hospital. Wow. Yes. So you have some <laughs> options with the defensive first fire. Give me your glass. <laughs> no, I'm I taking yours. I, yeah, no. I need some after Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're switching uh, now to something different. Now for something completely different. Defensive first fire would be performed from outside the hex normally from inside the hex if there's no overrun. Okay, Jeff, so the tank's just going to roll on through there, right? Dodging the men. Yeah. Dodging the men. Uh, let me get you the cheap stuff. <laughs> what, do you what do you think? What do you think? Add some water to it, yeah. Um, what are my options, Bob? Okay. Um, depends what type of weapon you're shooting, right? I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have an anti-tank weapon, the tank's going to get to overrun you first. Before oh, this is else. no overrun. Oh, no this overrun. is no overrun. It's just okay. flying by me. I have an, an LATW, okay. you and can I fire, haven't first fired you yet. You can fire whatever weapons you want to. You, yeah. you can attempt to close combat the tank with your infantry. Close combat's here. Um, so those are those are basically your options. You, yeah, you know, LATW and a gun, if you've got a gun right. in the head. Sure. It also lists IFT. Right. Well, How if the, that, if oh, the tank oh, wait, was wait. exposed. I was going to say, let me guess. Yeah. i got a half track, or I want to throw grenades inside it. That would be an IFT. That's right. All right, so then if the t- vehicle is going to overrun me now, I've made my patsy. The vehicle is coming into my hex. Who attacks first? It depends on what weapon you have. Is that not correct or not correct? Well, I think this chart goes to um, defensive options before the overrun. Right. 
Oh, you're right. And then there's one after right. the override. If, so he's yeah, right. If you look on here, you you have if you have an uh, anti tank weapon, a Panzerfaust, a bazooka, you can shoot that before. If I'm unmarked, or it says first fired, still check with an asterisk K. And K is way down at the bottom. Only for squads still able to first fire support weapon right. without using it as SFF, subsequent or final. Right. Okay. So if you're not marked and you're able to normally fire your weapon, you, you can fire that weapon before the overrun happens. However, if you don't have a weapon, you just have your regular squad without any bazookas or panzerfausts, you're going to have to take the overrun attack first before you can even attempt to do anything. Hmm. So yeah, and it, it gives you no close combat reaction fires before the overrun, so you can't throw grenades under it, which is close combat reaction fire. Right, right. It's about the only thing. Jump it is, on isn't the it? tanks and oh, pull yeah. the turrets open or hatches yeah. open. Or Shoot your weapon in the in the uh, slaughter thing. Right. right. You don't get any of those options, so it has to be an IFT, an LATW that hasn't final or intensive in a, or a gun. Then it goes to the. Jeff, what would happen next? The men have done those options they can, and the tank's rolling in. What happens next? I would imagine that the uh, the tank gets to respond. You bet. In kind. Right. And this I think I know pretty well. You take, well, I have the chart. <laughs> yeah, no, so this is, it's, can they fire main armament? Um, without me looking at the chart, no, but you get points for being a vehicle with a functioning main armament. Okay. And it's four. Okay. It is right. Armor fighting vehicle with a functioning main armament. You get count as four points. Then you can add in your machine guns, but only certain ones. All of them that can fire. All of them. That can fire. So if you have an AA machine gun, but you're... Not manned. But you're buttoned up, you can't fire. Right. So you could use your coax and your... Your bow. And your bow. And you add that. So let's say there's a four machine gun on my bow and a two on my coax. Well, usually that's reversed. Right. So you have six, um, six machine guns. And then yeah. four for my vehicle. I'm up to ten points. Ten. Bob's looking at me funny. <laughs> well, before you do that, Dave, you oh, take I, your machine yeah, guns. You take your oh. six machine guns, you triple them. Oh, my four doesn't count. So that, your six okay. machine guns would go to 18. And then you half it because you're moving. That's right. Triple because you're in the same hex. Right. Mm-hmm. Half it because you're moving. Standard right. rules. And then you add the four. That's right. Okay. So in your case, you would have a 12 firepower overrun attack. Okay. Yeah, the machine guns are blazing away. The main armaments even shoot. You know, yeah, because it counts as a four, and it's, and it's a tank, so, or a vehicle, or some kind of vehicles are scary. And then... Die roll modifiers. Or, or the die roll modifiers. You obviously get your train, but what happens if you're in open ground? That I know. Jeff, what do you think? Easier or harder to overrun someone in the open ground? Well, easier. Neg one. Minus one. Oh, okay. That's right. To your then IFT roll, right? With your tank firepower. Yeah. So in Dave's case, with those machine guns, he would have a twelve minus one on the overrun attack. Now, what happens if you're overrunning a squad where there's a hex side on one side, but you didn't enter? It's open ground with a wall hex side on one side. The defenders, I don't know. Can't take the wall, or can they take the wall? No. I believe it's it's an even shot, because I think they get the minus one for the open ground, they get plus one for the wall, but I think probably they'll stay there. Including, well, minus, minus one versus infantry in the open ground, including entrenchments and placements, shell hole, vehicle, wreck, bridge, wall, okay. hedge, bocage, and smoke. 
And the TEM counts also here. So they would it would be a plus one then if the uh, it would get get the wall plus two and then minus one for open ground and a plus two for motion vehicle targets. The TEM counts <clears throat> in plus the wall. They would get the wall cumulative the, the normal but the, terrain. But if yeah. they were on open ground, they would it'd be a minus one for oh, open I see. ground hacks. Yeah, right. They get the plus, so it'd be a net plus one. Okay, right? instead of the plus two for the wall. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, plus two for a motion vehicle target and their vulnerable PRC. What does that mean? It's an overrun dino modifier. Because you can you can affect vehicles. You can overrun another tank. Um, I thought you can only do unarmored vehicles, but I could be wrong there. Perhaps you can do regular uh, regular tanks as well. I've never if seen have, that. If they have passengers. Yeah, I don't see it on the chart. Um, but it does say vehicle targets and they're vulnerable PRC. So certainly if there's a half track in there mm -hmm. and the guys are crew exposed, you can be firing that firepower at them. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Or bicycles. You don't. I want to ride my bicycle. <laughs> There's something wrong. <laughs> Something wrong with your hand? Yeah. Cut. Do you not oh. know how to you, cut. interview? What <laughs> to do with my hands? All right. So the overrun is done, and Bob, you just mentioned something off the air um, about if you kill the vehicle. That's right. If you kill the vehicle when you shoot at it, when it enters before it actually does the overrun, the overrun still happens. It happens at half firepower. So once the overrun's declared, um, hmm. the 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 overrun's going to happen, no matter if the vehicle's killed or not. It'll just be at half firepower. So it's kind of like... So in our example, we were down to a 12, it would go down to a 6. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd, be a, it'd be a 6 on that. Yeah, kind of like the crew's firing away as they enter, and then boom, they're hit or whatever. And so right. it's almost like simultaneous right. combat. In a way. That's right. And, and the overrun can't affect a, an armored vehicle. The overrun just would affect an unarmored vehicle or any of the crew or passengers. Yeah, a truck, a jeep, right. exposed crew, yeah. passengers. So the vehicle has overrun me. I have miraculously survived. Right. And I now have some defensive fire options, correct? That's right. Again, what can I use now? Generally, what happens, and I speak on general terms, and there's like everything in ASL, there's a lot of exceptions, but generally that's where you can try and do your reaction fire close combat rule, um, which means the squad can try and try and uh, close combat the tank. Um, usually, not good odds to to do one, but that's that's where they're one shot back at them. Partly because the vehicle's going to be moving. That's right. And that's a huge modifier. That's minus, yeah. That's right. a that's a plus two on your roll. So, you know, you can you can do damage specific, uh, especially if you have a leader, a decent leader in there, or maybe you have an anti tank magnetic mine, which the Germans have, nineteen forty four and onward. Yeah, I think I forget that a lot too. Assault engineers also get an Neg. extra modifier. Close combating vehicles. Yeah. Um, so that that's when you would get a shoot back if you survive the overrun. Again, with the grenades or or firing into the and you don't have any other choice. No, you don't have to. You don't have to fire, fire back. To fire why would you? Why would you not? 
Um, because then you'd be marked with a fire counter, and maybe there's infantry following behind the tanks, and you want to be able to shoot at that infantry when it when it advances behind okay. the tank. So you okay. may want to, you know, if there's other targets, you know, why take a low odds chance and just hold your fire? But if you fire at them as the tanks come in before overrun occurs, if you fire them with your anti-tank weapon... Mm-hmm. You're marked with a first fire. You are marked with a first fire. Well, yeah, but if if you're a full squad, you can shoot your you can shoot a support shoot. weapon. Right. Without okay. still being able to fire shoot your, your okay. inherent firepower. Okay. So. Yeah, and that's a very good point. So. So if, the squad isn't marked with the first fire. It's just the, the anti-tank weapon or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, if like to win the game, he gets points for infantry exited. Right. Don't fall for this. I mean, your, your gut reaction is to shoot away at this tank because it's overrunning you. That's right. Don't do it. Your right. only chance of winning will be to survive mm-hmm. unmarked. So don't shoot. Let it. Right. Let the tank come in. If he blows one roll, mm-hmm. there you sit, ready to fire an infantry. Oh, if he, assuming he leaves your hex. That's right. Now, if you think he's going to stay in your hex, you can actually shoot at the vehicle before it enters your hex, even though you can't affect it. And you would do that to leave residual firepower in that hex. So with your up, rifles? Mm-hmm. So that any follow-up oh, infantry would sneaky. Wow. have to take the residual firepower. Okay, so the tank is I coming I never up. would have thought of that. You wait till it's adjacent. Right. You fire with... Uh, Normal shot, four yeah. doubled eight. Right. Leave four residual firepower there. Let the, the tank, tank comes in. The you, breaks you. But Who now cares? the infantry... Have to that's go following the behind, right? You could even then do a first fire further away and a subsequent fire. Yeah, you could do that too. The tank. I never or, ever have thought. Or if you're the Germans and have spray fire, you could do two adjacent hexes. hexes. Yeah, leave two residual and two adjacent. Right, because you're just trying to cover these exit right. hexes. Yeah. And so, in a game where the points count, where he needs, he gets points for tanks and for infantry. You might want to let the tank go by also mm-hmm. and try and pick off the infantry. Um, all right. Wow, there's a lot to think about. Wow. So all of this is laid out in the rules. Is it possible right. to learn these without yeah. a chart? Oh, <laughs> sure. It is? Sure. Yeah, everyone did in the good old days. Yeah. This is a new chart. Yeah. yeah the well, second edition. Great. That's new. Yeah. I mean, I go back to 85, so yeah. right. this is brand new to me. Yeah. I think they came, they came out. I know I got that in the Action Pack 2, I believe. Which came out? Oh, you're correct. Ninety nine or two thousand? Yeah. Um, Whatever. So yeah, but it hasn't been around, you know, relatively yeah. speaking, that long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very helpful. Definitely and saves a lot of time going through. Uh, yeah. The rule oh, book and flipping mm-hmm. pages. It's got lots of footnotes, though. Lots of real teeny footnotes that my bifocals now help me pick up very well. Um, so read those folks at home when you're playing this chart. Read them because, like, just B by itself, footnote B, which appears on the chart, states that the patsies required versus armor-fighting vehicle if the unit is not exempt and has not yet taken a patsy versus this vehicle. Failure of this pins the unit and prohibits reaction fire. After performing a close combat reaction fire attack, mark the unit and all of its support weapons with final first fire. It just helps you remember to do all that extra stuff. Lay your counters, mark them this way. Yeah. It helps you play probably at the end, you know, the end of this turn, play everything else correctly. Right. And 
So let's say in this example, the, the tank does the overrun, leaves the hex. It's marked bounding fire, correct? Now, normally a unit mark, a vehicle marked bounding fire can't shoot again, but overrun's the exception. In fact, the vehicle could turn around and overrun that same hex again. The other again. way, yeah. Uh, oh, so you can wow. do many overruns in, in, well, many costs a quarter of your movement points, yeah. so you could do, I guess, theoretically... Well, three, three, I guess. Or, yeah. Well, not with the crocodile, right? right. Moving to eight or something. Well, it's still a quarter. Or Churchill. It, only, it yeah. only costs you two to do an overrun with a croc. In the old, yeah. So, um, although I think the flamethrower makes doing overruns, you know, <laughs> not necessary, <laughs> but uh, on a crocodile. I'm in a Churchill. It wouldn't be a crocodile <laughs> yeah. without the. I just remember those were like eight movement factors, slow <laughs> tanks. That's all I remembered. So, um, I've used. Um, with early war, the Germans have the armored cars that are very effective in overrunning, particularly Allied minor, you know, Polish infantry or, um, you know, French or Allied minor infantry. And they have so many movement points, you can do a lot of overruns uh, with those armored cars. So they can be pretty effective doing that. Right. I don't suppose the defending infantry can place smoke, can they? No, That's, they can't. Yeah. No. Because that cost, it's a movement. That's a movement phase thing. But... Uh, and then there's non close combat reaction fire. Again, why this was confusing when I'd read the rules. Well, there's CC reaction fire. I'm like, okay, I, I can get this. And then now there's non CC reaction fire. And that's where I would start to not want to read the rules. You know? mm -hmm. that, right. but, but simply on the chart, it lists your, again, your IFT attack mm -hmm. and your LATW attack and your gun attack. So really, your options are limited to these four categories before the overrun, or if there's no overrun, it's really the same categories. So you're you're only dealing with certain ways of attacking. Right. It's it's really not that difficult once it's laid out there uh, to do. So um, briefly, uh, Jeff, you had mentioned using a machine gun to shoot. Right. Um, now, what's the chances of machine guns say hurting a Panther tank? I don't know. Probably zero. Well, the right. kill numbers of four right. on a machine gun, right. and the armor on a Panther. It's a six for the side. Yeah, and so better in the front. You can't really hurt it. You can't penetrate but it. But mentioned going over a wall. What Under... happens when a tank goes over a wall? Get an underbelly. Underbelly shot. shots. Right. So even that American squad with a thirty caliber machine gun, if that Panther comes over the wall, you can shoot huh. potentially. Yeah harm the, the panther tank on that an underbelly. Incident and it's something over. a lot of people forget about because, yeah. again, it's not something you're, you use You're used often. to not doing it and right. Right. discount it. You start thinking immediately, okay, well, I better just start planning for my LATW or right. close combat, and I can't do close combat reaction fire before the overrun, so I'm going to have to just sit it out and get overrun and then try and do a close combat attack versus the vehicle. Mm -hmm. That's right. So the vehicle, oh, the and a gun. What about a gun shooting in the same hex? Are there special rules for that? There are. Do you know them? Well, uh, you get. Um, it's that? harder to hit somebody in the same hex with you. Oh yeah, that case something. I, I always marveled at that. Wouldn't it be easier to hit them in the same hex with you? Yeah. No, so because close, they're moving harder. so fast. Yeah. Because they're so close. Yeah. 
a uh-huh. gun can't track them. Also, when uh, there's the possibility you your color die roll determines where you hit the vehicle when uh-huh. it's in your own house. Do you know what those are? Uh, one to two is rear, three to four side, five to six front. Yeah. Bob. It's Bob. Yeah. Although that's not hard to memorize. Except, okay, how can you remember this? I would not have one to two be in the rear. Lower's always I would have good. That the front. Oh, always there, good. there you go, listeners. Lower's always better. So a one and two. The rear. rear's your best shot. You add one to the kill number. Yeah. And three and four is the side. Next best opportunity. And five or six bad. You're right. Yeah. That's perfect. Because I knew it was like a one, two, three, four, five, six thing, but I always would go look. Okay, is that the front, and, rear, yeah. side? And that's useful. Not just use it a lot in non-overrun situations too. The tank enters your hex and is not overrunning or stays there, um, or sometimes you move your tank into an enemy tank's hex mm-hmm. uh, and stop and shoot at it in hex. Um, that's also sometimes a possibility. And you're using so, that same mm-hmm. use role. that same that same role. So the overrunning tank, can it um, fire main armament outside of the hex that it's overrunning? When you overrun, you're marked with a bounding fire. So you can't shoot okay. any of your weapons again unless you do another overrun. Okay. So, But to go back, if, they, if that overrunning tank would stay in that hex, or if it didn't overrun, you, you can't shoot outside when you're in the same hex as an enemy unit. Okay. So it would be restricted to yeah. in hex. And you mentioned that underbelly under over a wall. What else would give you an underbelly hit crossing what else? A crest line. On a crest on line, a actually on on a dune only. Oh, okay. Oh, well, really? exiting a depression. That's the crest line you're thinking of, I think, right? right? Coming out of a gully, stream, or wadi. Mm-hmm. Coming up, a tank's going to be exposed. Over the lip. And you're playing desert, I think, if you have yeah, any. Yeah, this week uh, I'm playing desert. Yeah, who are you playing? I'm playing uh, Rich Spilkey. Oh, great. What do you, which uh, desert one? Uh, Blazing Chariots. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. He's going to womp your rear he end. Yes, it's going to be ugly, but. Yeah. <laughs> I don't we'll care. still be rooting for you. Right. I don't care. You I've just know. always been. I've always, I'll be rooting for you to learn desert and have some fun. Yeah. I just want to learn it. I've been playing desert with um, my friend Rick, Rick Hollander simply because, oh. you know. You heard to that point. Well, we had done. Um, the ones from a recent journal that were back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, three of them or something. I'm Joe Pelham, and I are planning on playing those at the end of the summer, the mini campaign. Yes, game. that's the one. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And those were those were fun. Yeah. They it's take been, a while because you got to yeah. – one of them's got that huge hill with all these gullies and right. stuff in it, and it's – that can be a nightmare. And, yeah. well, you know, he had trounced me pretty well coming up to that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that I was pretty demoralized. Right. Um, it's but been about three years since I played desert, so I've been itching to play some desert. So uh, yeah, now we're gonna do the same. So we'll need to good. do a sh- we'll need yeah. to do a show on desert games. Oh, so definitely. Or should we wait for the re-release of the West Italians? Of well, it's gonna be called Hollow Legion still with the Italians in the desert. Together. Well, by oh, the time they re-release that, we'll be doing it in three um, D holograms <laughs> right in your home. I was thinking more of the nursing home, perhaps. Yeah, yeah it was, <laughs> we've had that conversation before. <laughs> Nurse, can you roll a dice for me? Yeah. And so, also a bocage. You can get an underbelly shot. Of course, a bocage is like a wall. It's pretty much going to be. Uh, Actually, that surprises me. The bocage, yeah, because it's so thick. Yeah. Is that what you were really thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just... Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that it 
Yeah, but I guess as you crash through the trees, the vehicle you, you gets go pushed up. upwards yeah. through the trees, and you have to come down. But yeah. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Other things. Well, okay. Now the vehicle has completed the overrun, the defensive fire. Now, what happens if you um, and can you end the movement phase in that hex, that's, in that overrun hex? That's the good question. Mm-hmm. Staying in the same location. Um, do you know Bob? Or do you want to talk about or should I cover it? It's, that's pretty sure. rare. I don't know. I don't know. Usually people leave that I know. <laughs> when well, I, when I do it, if I you've expended going. all your movement points, right? Or, you may just, end. Yeah. So I'm going to guess you're going to be in close combat. Well, let's find out. I'll just take a shot at this. You may exit if able. Okay. Uh, complete a trail break going through a woods, jungle, bamboo. Uh, exit. The location before concluding another overrun of course you must exit staying in the location a vehicle must be able to shock or eliminate an enemy armor front of vehicle on an original to kill ift die roll of five in order to stay in that armor fighting vehicle's hex i never knew that yeah. so i can't stay in a hex with another tank right unless you can unless you can have a reasonable chance the paraphrase of that would be Give a reasonable chance of killing that vehicle so if you have a King Tiger, you couldn't run a half-track in there and stay in that hex. Because that's going to limit the... It would limit, yeah, sure. The fire out of the hex, fire just like hex an infantry from, bypass respawn. Sure, sure, you could, you could oh. play kind of sleazy. You know, Tank the, games. You know, oh, no. You know. Don't tell my opponents that. <laughs> run the little armored cars or half-tracks into the enemy tank's hex and stay there, and then they can't you shoot can't out. You can't shoot out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, that's real historical, isn't it? Yeah. And sorry, how do they determine whether or not it's probable that you could, if if you can shock, eliminate? I guess it would just be effect, basically effect. him on an original to kill. Die okay. Roll five. Okay. Five. Right. So that's factoring in the to kill roll. It's got to be the armor factor. So my jeep's only got a a medium machine, heavy machine gun, medium machine gun yes. on it. It can't do that. Right. My 20L gun and my little tank is not going to yeah be able to knock out a panther, of course, tiger. So the five, that's a decent number. Because the, the five is like you were saying before, in that game you needed five or sixes mm-hmm. to take it out. You thought you had a chance. Right. And I always do too. <laughs> Give me a front armor kill of five or six, I'm going to think, oh, I'll be rolling for it because I might get that. Well, we, And we know you get those too. And yeah, you do get those. Sometimes back to back. As our game of right comrades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Then you have the, oh yeah, the random support weapon destruction for unpossessed support weapons. I like this one. So you got this gun in, the, in there. You get a, a neg one to destroy it, right? When you're overrunning it. Yep. Um, your tank can just kind of crush stuff in the, in the hex. Concealed hidden units are revealed if you stay in the location. If an unbroken vehicle ends the movement phase and bypass of their location. Oh, so to find hip. That's right. You have to end your movement there. You can't just bypass around. You have to actually stop. Right. Well, or just end the movement. Right. End the movement. And then they have to reveal. Right. Okay. That's right. Am I ending my movement? Oh, end the movement phase. doesn't say stopped. Mm Mm-hmm. 
just in motion okay. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you can reveal hidden or I, yeah, I didn't really know that. All units are marked with a close combat counter and are bound by triple point blank fire target selection limits. There you go. We just talked about that. Can't shoot out of the hex if he stops in the hex. And surviving units can attack in the close combat phase if able. And it doesn't go into the close combat phase on this chart. So if I have final fired or first fired, am I able to close combat? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Only if I'm pinned. Oh, still able. Yeah, yeah but with modifiers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Very helpful. How does, how does, Jeff, um, I liked your questions. How does um, crew expose or button up affect a vehicle during overrun? Does it is it going to affect the um, it's going the to it's going to the pre overrun the pre overrun yeah the pre overrun fire by a no no it wouldn't well shooting at them when they're crew with exposed, an anti tank weapon that wouldn't that doesn't make a difference no that right? will make a difference yeah. but you, certainly your rifle is going to be more effective right coming in and in the close combat, it's going to affect the close combat reaction fire, right, just okay. like a close combat phase yeah. against a tank. The only way right. it would help a tank is if it had an AA anti-aircraft machine gun. Okay. So it that could would be that. the only way it would help that tank. It would give that machine gun factor that, and otherwise it doesn't help you okay. overrun. It's so. better to be, you're going to want to be buttoned up if you can be. And what about that Nefertiti Gungus Fosfos? <laughs> well, okay, let me th <laughs> let me think that one through. That's a close combat attack by the tank. It can't use it when it overruns. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You would have it's to wait until you, you get to, to the close, close combat, combat phase. If you stay in the hex. So, yeah, with that kind of tank, you could go and overrun the guys in the open ground. Yeah, Didn't work. <laughs> Stop. Stay yeah. buttoned up. Mm -hmm. Toss the Nefertiti Gungus Fosfos. Right. <laughs> Say that again. Not for tidy Gungus Fafan. Jeff? Uh, not for tidy, uh, <laughs> not for tidy Fikum Fafan. Afita Zane Zak. Poor kid. Yeah. Marked for life. No. <laughs> he was cool with it. It was the other kid that thought I. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just check your voicemail in the morning, Dave. <laughs> You'll see. So there we go. The overrun chart. Wow. That what was, else are you guys thinking that's about? That's amazing. Bob, very impressive. Yeah. I did our you can stay, couple. You can yeah. stay my tutor, man. Uh, yeah. In fact, you in a, played more games than I have. Well, but yeah, but I'm dumber than you. It doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't matter. I'm dumber than you. No, no. And you know what, Dave? You have taught so many people the game. I keep going back to the basics. Yeah. I keep going back to the basics. It is actually my problem. I have not played Oh, it's Spilkies. not your problem. It's your gift to the it, ASL world you've given is. up one thing and, and for it, something and else. in a way that has kept me back because who have I been playing to teach me and you know again the Spilkies the Holmstroms the uh, even um, I think several of the new guys coming in yeah. who have heard the podcast are at my level and above when it comes to the fine details of things that I wouldn't get into with a rookie player yeah i'd be like well let's just teach him shooting the tank you know that's enough for right now i don't want to overwhelm him scare him away but and it has been my career bringing people in actually well dave the aso world thanks you for that <laughs> yeah sacrificing your your yeah. competency my whole gaming life it's <laughs> been sacrificed just think you could have you could have a wall of trophies tournament <laughs> trophies if you you know uh cho chosen not to teach all the the new players so but i'll tell you what Fine-tuning it's not that hard. It isn't. It's nope. not that hard. Nope. Again, I, I learned to, to search with my vehicles for things and leave trail breaks. I'm starting to do lots of little things that um, the, the pros do, you know, so. Yeah. Great. 
That was fascinating. Had no idea. Now, we don't have a chart for um, the vehicle bypass sleaze moves. Do we oh, want to talk no. about that? Sure. It's tanks yeah. to you. Yeah, we've we got can wrap time. up tanks. Yeah. We've got time. The overrun chart kind of covers a lot of it. Yes, it's over here, I think, on if there's no overrun. Why don't you take a look, see what you think. You tell us. Sure. That'll right. put some hair on your chest. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it doesn't really go into much detail, but it's the same. But it'll help you to it, look it, it at will, this. It will help you to overrun see Overrun with no overrun. Right. It's basically a, entering the hex without overrunning. It gives you, as the defender, your options. Uh, how do you want to deal with that vehicle that's that's bypassing your hex? And is generally called the sleaze freeze move. Um, which, which is not officially in the rules, <laughs> is it? Well, it... No, it, I mean, it is. I mean the name is the isn't. name, the sleaze freeze. Yeah, yeah. they don't call it sleaze <laughs> yeah. move. The SFM. <laughs> yeah, it was called sleaze move, I think, because when people first spring it on you, you haven't thought about it, it, and you're thinking, well, I have this machine gun, yeah. and I have these infantry all charging me that have to take the commissar's headquarters. Why would my machine gun worry about a tank that just happened to roll into my hex or next to me, or right. why wouldn't I just keep firing out of the hex at those infantrymen? Because I can't hurt the tank. It, it makes no sense, but it does make sense. Uh, yeah, it, it does. Uh, I, yeah, I think the sleaze is an ASL term for something somebody does to you that you haven't thought about before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch all. Um, and, and that's, yeah, that's it. I, so what happens here is a tank moves into a hex, or, or it does bypass. bypass it would hex. never go in. Right. It, Going in, you'd have to... Oh, no, no. Going you, in, you could, it's overrun. Yeah, you're right. I just learned that tonight. You, yeah. you don't have to overrun sure. to go in. Yeah. Sure. But generally, you don't want to enter a tank into a building hex. Right. Uh, because you, you can fall into the cellar. You can bog. Uh, you got a good chance of bogging. Yeah, so you, might, you have a lot of bad things. You might crush their television. So by doing this bypass and even ending their turn in bypass, mm -hmm. they're keeping that unit from firing outside their hex. That's right. Okay. So there are some things you can combat it with, um, and this kind of explains. It's the same thing as a vehicle entering your hex. You can obviously shoot at it if you have a bazooka or a machine gun or mm -hmm. Panzerfaust. You can try and close combat it um, as well. So, I mean, you, you do have some options. Uh, probably the best option is to make sure you don't set up in a way that uh, if if you don't have much defense against the enemy tanks. You want to spread your defense, your weapons and leaders out so they can't, you don't have one big stack that the enemy can run one tank in and, and freeze it and that's it. So that's probably the best defense. Right, and I, boy, I got hit with that once too, trying to save a building hex at the end game and put like two squads and a machine gun in there. Mm. And then someone froze it, and oh, if I had spread out, at least it would have given a squad a chance to shoot right. from the adjacent hex at this hex. Right. Now, generally, a, a infantry that's a vehicle's bypassing isn't vulnerable in close combat, though, because well, enemy infantry advancing in are going to have a lot of bad ambush modifiers because vehicles give you lots of bad ambush. Oh, right. So generally, they're more susceptible to advancing fire or... Uh, you know that sort of thing, uh, or just by the enemy just bypassing that location and moving around them. Generally, you don't see where where you use bypass freeze to actually jump them in close combat because most of the time you'll get ambushed, which means the enemy can withdraw or even you know fire fight back. And so. why is that you get ambushed? Because the well, if you look at the tank? ambush mode, the tank will count. Oh, okay? so first of all, you get the the was a plus 
two for a tank, and if it's buttoned up, that's another plus one. So you get those on the ambush, and even if you don't, whether you ambush them or not, it's sequential because there's a vehicle there, All right. so the defender so will get a shoot first. All right. So, yeah, there's a lot of... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so what happens? Here's a question. I like coming up with the, yeah, the no, wacky, what you're doing questions. is great because you're you're taking that from a little more of a rookie perspective, yeah. asking the good questions. Uh, an AFV comes in on an overrun. The um, defending unit has a Panzerfaust say. Mm-hmm. Overrun Dis- or vi- bypass freeze. Overrun. Okay. Back to the overrun. Destroys the tank. Okay. Tank rolls for crew survival. Crew survives. Mm-hmm. What happens? The what crew run? can. I know this. Oh, because okay. I because I looked this up like four times. <laughs> look at how his face look, lights up. I got sick of looking this up, and I said <laughs> I'm going to memorize this one. I you know, watch me be wrong. The, the crew cannot. There is no crew survival when you're destroyed in uh, close combat. But shoot, this is not. A this close is combat. not close combat. This is a reaction fire attack. In the hex. Is it reaction fire? It's not reaction fire. It's, it's not reaction fire. Well, this you is... just came over me in the hex. It's, it's, it's oh, actually it's defensive pre-overrun. first fire. Yeah. And it's a LATW. I'm sticking to it. I'm going to say there's no. Is that your final answer? No, because <laughs> now I don't know. I'm not happy Do anymore. Now 50-50 I'm sad. or perhaps a photo <laughs> Let's see if it if he okay fire my Panzerfaust the tank blows up in front of me the crew comes scrambling out they're in my hex nope I can't handle this sorry Bob there is crew survival provided you don't burn the tank if the yes, crew burning wreck would be none if the crew comes out okay then they're in your hex they are in your you, hex you, so now let me handle it okay mm-hmm. so now they're in my hex and it's just a movement phase mm-hmm. um the the crew can't move. Mm-hmm. I can't move. It's not my movement phase. They can't move. I can fire in my hex. Triple right. point blank fire. Sure. Okay. And then what do you, you get? A minus two for hazardous movement. Movement coming out Vehicle of the tank. Vehicle gets plus one movement. for the plus wreck. one for the cover of the wreck. So the crew coming out of the tank counts as a one movement factor, which initiates the well, defensive no, fire. Well, no, there's no movement you factors. You can't it just fire. appears in the hex. It's not a movement phase for them. So I mean, it is a movement phase, but they just appear in the hex, mm-hmm. and you just shoot them as they bail out, which is just appearing there. They bail out. But you can't defensive fire on something unless yes. it expends a movement point. Well, it will be oh. considered to have expended the bailout. It is. Okay. I can't remember how many points, if it's, yeah. but it is considered. Yeah, you tricky. can fire on it. Um, so I'm if, not it, sure if it, how many it so it might be two movement points, in which case you could fire twice. Okay, you that one fire. we have to look up. That that would be one I'd have to look up. I mean, you can definitely. Fire you think it's in there points. somewhere? Somewhere in the rules? Sure, yeah, yeah, it is in there. So. You know, I don't think you could, you know, do final protective fire as many times as you want. You right. Know, and, you know, but uh, maybe you could. I don't know. Let's ask our listeners. So if anybody out there knows that answer, call us right now. Twitter right now. Oh, that oh, was yeah. the deal. You were supposed to have us twittering. Oh, well. Uh, next time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's, but that's a good quote. But yeah, yeah, the crew would survive. And it's happened to me before where um, I had a vehicle enter my hacks. I had a squad and a flamethrower. I shot at the vehicle, destroyed the vehicle, but didn't burn it. This, the hero crew survival, the crew bailed out. I couldn't break the crew. We went into close combat, and he killed my half squad with the flamethrower. I picked up the flamethrower and then flamed all my guys. 
Ooh, I still you. have nightmares wow. about that. <laughs> this is why we love ASL. That's right. That would make a good. That would make a great movie. That would make a great movie. Let's film it. We can animate the little squads on the board, Jeff. Yeah. We can animate the little squads moving around. It would make a great movie. <laughs> that That's is amazing. classic. Yeah. That's fascinating, oh, though. And I didn't talk about my actual favorite scenario tonight. Can I jump ship for a minute and do this? Sure. It was. I'll um, just cut this out. Oh, you know why? Because it was a play <laughs> test for. Yeah, worry about it. It was a play <laughs> test for Hakapele. Hakapele. I don't know. I'm trying to say it right. And it Do had, they give a pronunciation guide with the playtest kit? No, but it they is. Should. They actually, they you know what they did? They did. They linked me to a site, and I, you know, I'll go back like three weeks ago and listen to it. Now, now I can't remember again. Can't remember how it's pronounced. I'll I'll look it up again. I think Jeff, are you working on oh, the playtest too? We're gonna look it up. Uh, no, I haven't. I don't been. think you'll find it, but I'll, no. I'll do it later. Um, so it has flamethrowers. It's finished, and we got into this great, great, yeah, great Finns versus um, the Russians. They were attacking. I had this Russian flamethrower, not on the point, because I know that I would always get shot and lose it, right? So I was a hex back, you know. And sure enough, he brought his tank bypassing to freeze the guys ahead of the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Right? Flamed his tank as he came in to bypass. I'm like, yeah. You know, then that guy got vapoed. Mm-hmm. Do you use the term vapoed? No. For KIA? <laughs> no. We used to do it all the time. Vapoed, vaporized. And there sat the flamethrower. He advances into close combat. He picks up my flamethrower. <laughs> then, of course, my prep. I have to put everything into this, right? So I prep the adjacent guys. They don't break him. I prep the guy back a hex down the hex spine. The six plus one, you know, that didn't. Finally, like the third or fourth shot, I break. I, I actually vapoed the guy back. K item. Got back in and boom. Took my <laughs> flamethrower back. Now that was fun, ASL. Well, that is, that's that's classic. That's, <clears throat> that's why we love the game. Yeah. yeah, that's a good reason. I can't find it. So back to our oh, uh, bypassing Jeff, you were having good questions about that. Um, those were the only ones that that came to mind. Now, Jeff, have you been have you used to bypass freeze? <clears throat> I have not ever used that. No, no. but okay. I will. Okay, I will be. There's so many things. the The problem is. As as it is now, it takes me half an hour to make a move. So, mm-hmm. stick to infantry. I no, need to just bad need, advice, isn't it? I need to play more. Well, blazing chariots that's be better because you learn the armor rules. Because you won't have to worry about infantry. So yeah, that's tanks, right. That's right. Vehicles. Yeah, looking forward to that very much. So I'll report on that next show mm-hmm. how that turned out. And actually, Joe and I are going to play it this Thursday. As a just pre-play? so I can kind of yeah, just so I can we can just because he wants to learn it too. So just so we can kind of get our feet wet a little, or our feet dry. So I don't Joe's know. doing pra- <laughs> desert practice behind my back. I well, see. are you yeah. playing him in desert or He's something? He's doing it grudgingly. He, he is, he is uh, hesitant to move off of the PTO, but yeah. he said he would do it. i got to finish this play test so I can start playing with you guys. I feel yeah. left out of it all the time. How long have you I'm been so playing that, Hakapali? You've been well, playing that for a year. You know, he told us we have been one of his better play testers, which I can't believe because so much time goes by between play Maybe he'll make a us. counter with your name. We're hoping... And guess what, my buddy Timonen, guess what nationality oh, that wow. is? Oh, yeah, that's Finnish. That's Finnish. So, so, so he's got a Finn and a German playtesting his, uh, his game. Well, you got to wow. throw, throw my name, throw Holmstrom in there. It's Holmstrom. not Finnish, but they had some Swedish is, volunteers. Is that Swedish? So, yeah, so they should be all right there. <laughs> and Hallett, German also? Uh, English. English. Norman English. Hmm. Possibility. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
And Jeff, did uh, I think we're done with that? What's I left think for tanks to you? Boy, we've got a, this is a long episode. Oh, again, no, 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 more long episodes. Yeah. Yeah, finish it off. We'll with... cover this other some other. Time. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. I just had a platoon movement. I was just. Um, we could do like a little quiz show. All right. Well, uh, I just want to talk for a minute about radioless AFVs and platoon movement. Platoon okay. movement. Platoon. So tell me, which two nationalities have radioless tanks? Which what? I think there's more than two, but off the top of my head, I would say. According to the rule book. The only, rule book only mentions two. Only mentions two with yeah, radioless but, tanks. Yeah. Well, I know the French do have yeah. radioless tanks. The Russians, the Russians er, earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, I know the Polish have uh, radioless tanks, so that would be... Don't yeah. they have the tanks with the soup cans and the long string? <laughs> they might have those. No. <laughs> That's late war. Oh. That's late war Polish <laughs> tanks have those. So. Oh, <laughs> I hope none of our Polish listeners. No, they <laughs> won't mind. <laughs> they won't mind. Jap- some Japanese tanks uh, are oh, radioless. Oh yeah, I guess that's right. Yes, some I do Chinese remember that Some Chinese tanks now. are yeah. radioless. Okay, probably more than you think. It's yeah. more of an early war versus a late war yeah. thing than yeah. a nationality thing. I think. Yeah. yeah, more more or less true. Although some, I think some late war Japanese tanks are still radioless. radioless. I could be wrong on that though. What was neat? I saw a photograph of a bunch of tanks in a row that said, "Notice the antenna." On this one, you know, showing it yeah. had a radio, and none of the other ones did. So, <laughs> right. and that was a huge disadvantage for the Russians at the early part of the war because they had, I think, they had five times more tanks than the Germans did at the beginning of the war. But they were at a huge disadvantage. Part of the reason because they were radioless, right? So they got whacked. Um, how many vehicles participate in platoon movement? Um, two or more, or three or more. Two to three. Two to three. Oh, it can't be more than three. That's right. That's right. Ah. It's two yeah. or three. So in this idea of platoon movement, for you, for those of you that don't know, it's just that um, if you have tanks that are radioless, you can you have to pay a penalty in order to move the tank, uh, unless you do platoon movement, which is you keep the tanks together. It's stay adjacent. Right. Yeah. So uh, when you're moving in platoon movement, the you move the tanks. All all of the tanks move at the same time. That's right. It's called impulse movement. Impulse movement, right. right. And all of the tanks will pay the movement rank, the movement rate of the, the, the highest. highest points expended that's by right. any tank in the chain. In the right. in the chain, that's right. Do they? Do the tanks need to be in line of sight of each other? They do not. They just need to be adjacent. That's right. You can have one tank on bypass of one side of a building and the other tank on the bypass on the other side of the building. They can't see each other, but they're still They're in the still adjacent. Oh, seems, that's why I never would have thought of that one. Seems to not be the spirit of the rule. <laughs> but We're talking ASL here. Because <laughs> when you imagine at home, folks, you're thinking they're, they're radio lists, so they need to stay in visual contact. So they're adjacent, but it is. It's, I'm sure it makes the rules a lot easier just to say adjacent. That's right. Yeah. Um, so as the tanks move, they have to start and stop and be in motion or not all together as a group. Right. Is there a minimum movement allowed in yes. platoon movement? Minimum movement. What do you, I'm not sure I understand. If, you, if it requires uh, to move into a hex, 
that requires minimum move. Can the platoon do that? Can a platoon or one tank in a platoon? But yes. Vehicles don't do minimum movement, though, do they? Of course not. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the they rule, do all. The rules specifically mentioned that uh, no minimum movement is allowed. Really? So I assume there is a minimum movement. Isn't a minimum movement to move into um, I think there is for tanks, swamp? too, Bob. There, there might be. Well, it, I think minimum it, movement. You wouldn't I think encounter infantry. it much. Yeah, you do think infantry, but okay. Well, I'll buy that. Uh, yeah, for okay. now we'll go on. All right, yeah. it's getting um, late. <laughs> and, no, and, and no ESB, which is excessive speed breakdown. Right, no expe- excessive speed breakdown, not allowed. Um, if you're doing, uh, if you've got a platoon, let's say of three tanks, and two of the tanks move into a, have to take a bog check. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Random selection. One, yes, one takes it for the whole platoon. One right. takes it for the whole platoon. That is correct. Right. But if it fails, is it the random selection to see that is which right. tank? Exactly right. Yep. Um, if an AFE is destroyed, recalled, or um, uses non-platoon movement, then it becomes, it's no longer, or becomes immobilized. It's no longer part of the platoon, right. which is legal. But if a, if a radioless vehicle decides not to be in a platoon, it has to take a... Cash check. To based move. off the morale level of the elite troops, is that correct, of the side? Actually, it's not mentioned in the rules, and I was it wondering should, about that. So should, how do they determine what that... It's the vehicle morale which is the crew. Which is an elite Which is an elite squad. So of that side. generally an eight. eight. Generally, I, I guess perhaps Some are sevens, probably. Sevens. Yeah. Um, and there are special rules for the French. The French have some tanks have uh, Morse code radios. Oh. So they need, actually need a nine. Oh. If you look, and that's why you want to read some of the chapters. Sacre bleu. Yeah. I guess you re- do want to read those notes. Yes, yeah. yes. So. I never heard that. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, so some of the French tanks are easier to move. Uh, more or more likely to get him to move, yeah. not platoon. You 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 wouldn't think that would help much. You <laughs> yeah, know? I wouldn't think so. <laughs> but you know the rules do factor it in. All right, now here's one, and I, I don't know how to form this in the question that that isn't leading you to the well, answer. Well, then just but, tell us. That but an offboard AFV has to enter platoon movement if if it doesn't have a radio. Yeah, yeah, has to may, enter may not enter. In non-platoon movement. Right. Unless what? Unless it's the only vehicle. God bless you are yeah. good. And there, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Told you. Exactly we did that right. whole extra episode. None of them, him and Bob, this other Bob Miller, right? Yeah, Bob Miller. Yeah. Never cracked a rule book. Yeah. That's when he said, well, you could do this too, Dave. I'm like, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> I can do better than I do, yes. I do but crack I, the rule book yes, on and occasion. He does. So, and I, in an earlier episode, too, I think I said I had corrected you like three times in our mm-hmm. career. It was, and I thought back on that. I'm thinking, no, at that point, it was probably like once, maybe twice at best. So I even exaggerated. I, there's there's people who are well, a lot sure. more knowledgeable in the yeah, rules than yeah. I am. Yeah. But, no. But that entrance platoon movement thing was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's some scenario. There's um, I forget what's. There's a famous scenario that has a single radioless tank, and I think they actually changed the rules in the second edition. I think the first edition may have said you couldn't enter if you didn't have a you know. <laughs> so that tank radio. couldn't so come in. So it could in. never come <laughs> on the board. So I think they actually changed the rules uh-huh. uh, to, to say it. But yeah, if you you have to, if possible, enter by platoon movement, and that's something that. 
will come up. Oh well, here's yeah, then, it, then well, here's a then here's a question. Mm-hmm. What if the uh, what if your um, orders of battle give you four tanks? Two, you have to uh, do two two two, two sets two. of two. That's right. Okay. Two platoons of two. Yeah, tanks. you'd break okay. them down to two and two, which is the okay. better way to go anyway. Anyway, yeah. right? You don't want a bunch yeah. tied down. Uh, and it's not often that hard to make that seven or eight morale check. I'm often afraid it's to do a, it, and I, I go, "Well, I better try." Oh yeah, I made it because seven's an average roll. Right. If I'm use, if I if I have exactly three tanks, I'll almost always move two away and then try the task check on the third one, uh, just because moving three together generally is real difficult yeah. to to get them anywhere and to you know to make them effective. And if they fail that check, they sit in place. They, they just they sit, sit where they don't move that yeah. turn. And then they try again next turn. Yeah. And is it considered expending a movement? It's not even considered expending a movement no, point, no. is it? Well, no, no it's but they, they can't. Move. They can't be. Yeah, they can't. Okay. Move. they're just they're just sit there. So I guess you wait till final fire and shoot at them. Yeah. However, if they're in motion, they have to stop. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yes, I did read that. Didn't put that right. in here. But excellent, Jeff. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, I've been working on the pronunciation of that. Hecapala. Hecapala. How was that? That is wonderful. How you want to hear that again? Yeah, let's do that again. Let's be saying it in a speaking voice. Yeah. Okay, speaking okay, voice. Okay, go. Goes like this. Louder? Yeah. Goes like goes like this. Hokopale. Hokopale. Yeah, now if I was in combat. I'm not sure if that sounds like Italian or like Native American, like some kind of Native no, Indian. No, that's Finn. Finnish. I know. Well, I know. Finlandian. It's Finlandian. Now, if I had to shout it, I was in combat. Acapale. Acapale. Very good, Bob. This would come out a little more like this if I had to shout it. Acapale. A little more emphasis there. I'm in combat. I'm a little frightened. I have to call to my friends. I have to call them. I say, Acapale. What does it mean? It means, hock your Pele soccer balls. And hide them in your pants because the Germans are going to search us to confiscate them. That's what it means. Because wow. the Finns had like a lot of brave reindeer. Soccer balls soccer. Signed by Pele. It's brave, brave reindeer. Brave, brave reindeer. reindeer. Oh, that's good. Okay, it's Christmas time, and Rudolph's a little afraid of going out into the mist, and I yell, brave. "Go, brave reindeer!" Yeah. What the hell is that, Bob? I don't know. Brave reindeer. Where in the heck do you get that from? Well, the Finns had like the reindeer. Yeah, right? that's right. So, I apologize, listeners. You know, I, Bob I, has been I, brought I, on as an expert in ASL, and then he I, comes up with this crazy stuff about reindeer. Well, <laughs> well there was a special right. rule about right. the. Uh, right. Oh, I love sledges the, and the reindeer. The sledges and all that. Yes. The reindeer. Yeah, and, I, yeah. yeah, I love yeah, that stuff. Great. Yeah. yeah, it gives the flavor to ASL. It just makes and me shooting wanna... through a reindeer herd is that reindeer herd is plus plus one, right? Yeah, and it's inherent, right? Yeah, right. Whereas like an antelope herd is only a plus a half, yeah, because they're thinner and smaller animals. When you're in this African scenario, well, I went into Google and I typed in Finnish language hakapale, and it's been I spelled it H A K A P A L E, and Google came back with, "Did you mean no Finnish language H A K K A P A I L E?" No one even knows isn't how that, to spell it. That, isn't that it? Isn't that how you spell? I it? I think it is. Yeah. And is that what you meant? That's what I meant. So what does it, it mean? It still didn't take me anywhere. It didn't tell you what yeah. it meant. Yeah, I, well, I got to find it. All anyway. right, everybody. Well, this is I guess that's for it me. for one show. <laughs> Holy cow. We're running out of scotch, so we got to go. Right. Got to go, Please uh, send us more donations. Please. <laughs> we can't do another show until we have enough for another bottle of Balvini. 
and you uh, need another bottle too yeah, for the well, next time I'm over. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Bob, it's been great having great you. Great having on. you here, Bob. Well, thanks, really, guys. very informative. Fun. A great time. Always fun. Uh, so thanks everybody, and remember to roll low. And, and may, may the, the dice, dice be with you, you but, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Ciao, baby. <laughs>